Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Rocky, released by United Artists on December 3rd, 1976, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith, written by Sylvester Stallone, directed by John G. Avildsen. And this will be number six of Sylvester Stallone. Number us. six. And every sixth episode of ours, we're covering a Rocky movie, and here we are. Yeah. Rocky one. Yes, the first Rocky. And I'm going to guess that every sixth movie is among your favorites that we're going to do. <laughs> I have to admit, and I'm sure it's just partially the movies we happen to pick, but I've really been dragging these last few episodes. I'm sure it's it's noticeable in the episode of just like, how should we be doing this? Is it like the beginning this? of Rocky where you're barely in shape? Yeah. Now I've you been, feel like you can get up to the top of the steps? I've been struggling to get up those steps. <laughs> and now, finally, we're at Rocky. It's like, okay, I can, yeah, I'm raising my hands at the top of the steps. I didn't make it easy for you with Bullet to the Head either. So that was that was a tough one to really get up those steps. I picked both Death Race 2000 and Rhinestone. So believe me, <laughs> I have no one to blame but myself. <laughs> In an effort, in an effort to not have all these movies end up at the end, we've you know we've done the the opposite, which is we're just weighing ourselves down at the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, I've said it many times. I love the Rocky movies. I will say, I can look at this and objectively say this is a great movie. Like if I look at all the Rocky movies, this is the best of them. I wouldn't necessarily say it's my favorite Rocky movie. Okay. Uh, I think in many ways, just because if you look at the whole series in aggregate, it kind of becomes the foundation upon which the rest of it's built and because of that it can feel a little bland in a way because you think about all the the other rocky movies and they're a lot more colorful and bombastic oh yeah absolutely this is a very very down-to-earth very kind of grounded grounded movie without a doubt so i wouldn't say this is my favorite movie but every time i watch it I'm surprised at how good it is, even though I know it's good. I know it's great, and every, I, but that's like when I'm thinking back on the Rocky movies, I never go like, "Oh, Rocky one, I love Rocky one." It's like it's always about Rocky two and four, and then yeah. Balboa. It's like the moments I think of are rarely in this movie. So I obviously, I, not obviously, but to the listeners, I don't know them nearly as well as as you do. Uh, it had been a while actually since I'd seen this Rocky. So for me, I can say the one that I remember the most is easily Rocky Four, and it's probably still my favorite. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but for totally different reasons, and because of things that you and I enjoy about good, bad movies, it has so many times over. I wouldn't even say it's a bad movie. I, really? I think that's legitimately... I mean, it's such an oddball for the series. Okay. And again, just we're already doing it. We're already talking about the whole series in total. Yeah. I, I said last episode, we, I wasn't going to be able to stop, so we may as well just do it. It doesn't matter. But like, yeah. Rocky Four is such an oddball that I know a lot of Rocky fans don't like it because it is so strange compared to the other ones. But I wouldn't call it bad. I would just call it strange. All right. Well, I don't think it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. But I think it's a lot of fun. That said... This certainly is one that I've probably seen the next most out of all of the rest of the Rocky movies. Okay. I've probably only seen it now with this one maybe four or five times I've seen it. That's surprising. I don't know why I would have predicted that you... I guess in my mind, Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 are kind of linked, even though they're, they're very different in a lot of ways. Like I think that era of the Rocky franchise fits in a certain space. Yeah, that's probably fair. Because those are the movies that were made during... I've, I've talked about in the past how I feel like Stallone became kind of a different actor for a while the golden god stallone i've been calling him just like 
really kind of getting lost in in celebrity, that sort of thing. The Planet Hollywood Stallone. Yeah, the Planet Hollywood Stallone. Yeah. Although I don't know when Planet Hollywood started. It was, after, it was later. But, but that but that's I think the, a, a good adjective. Planet Hollywood was the culmination. Yeah. It, was, it was years and years of that Stallone building to exactly. the climax that was Planet, Planet Hollywood. Hollywood. So I'm, I, for some reason, I would have guessed you would have seen Rocky Three more than this one, just because I know you like Rocky Four. Yeah, and those two feel a little similar to me, but even still, I can see that. But what's funny is I think I've only seen Rocky three once. Yeah, yeah. Also, well, that's offset by I know you love seventies movies, and this is the the most seventies yeah. Rocky movie. So yeah, that actually makes sense. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense that you've seen this one the and second most. In particular, we'll, we will get there shortly, but that particular year, there's a number of movies from that year that really are, are among my favorites oh, that yeah. I've seen many, many times. It was so. a huge year. Yeah. So w- when was the last time you'd seen Rocky before this? It's at least been 10 years. Okay. I, I can't tell you exactly when, but at least 10 years. Okay. Yeah. It'd been like a month for me. <laughs> I'm surprised it hadn't been a week. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I watched it. It was just a different Rocky. I, it was a week ago. I rewatched it a couple of days ago. Yeah. But I mean, it, prior to that, it was it only been a month or two. I mean, I knew it was coming, obviously. We've been doing this for more than a month. So yeah. it's like part part of it was preparing. Part of it was just like, I just want to watch Rocky. Though. Of course. I will predict this will be the only Best Picture winner that we will ever cover on this podcast. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. Who knows who else we may move on to three years from now when we're done with Stallone. But uh, I'd like to discuss that Best Picture as well. But we'll we'll get there. Uh oh, I don't like the tone of that. Yeah. Well, we'll get uh, there. preemptively. I'm I'm <laughs> voicing right. my displeasure <laughs> that just the tone of what you said right there. I would like to discuss that. Okay. Well, we can get to that later. I think uh, let's get into it. So uh, All right. I have two questions for you. What day is it? What year? All right. The year is 1976. A great year for movies, in my view, and it was November 21st. So. Uh, a $1.1 million budget, and that seems, I think, probably in line of inflation-adjusted seemed reasonable to me. I was shocked at the total box office for, for Rocky. Well, before you get to the box office, $1.1 million is still pretty low budget for that for 1976. It, well, okay, I, but I didn't expect it to be for what the movie is, so it... Yeah, I mean, this is basically an independent film. Yeah, well, I, to be honest, I thought... I didn't think it would have been over a million dollars. Oh, just based on what's on screen? Yeah, what's on screen. I'm not saying that it's bad, but like what is done, I'm, I was surprised that it was that much. Sure. I mean, there are definitely moments when you can tell they were cutting corners, and we yeah. can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, so you, I, you, being a Rocky fan, you may just know what the box office is, but I'll be curious. You want to I actually guess? don't care about that stuff nearly as much as you do, so like, it's okay. not something I know. I, I'll say this. I love the Rocky movies. I would not call myself an expert or any kind of like – you know, voice of expertise. All right. That's those, those, I said two things. <laughs> I just repeated myself. I'm neither an expert nor a voice of expertise. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm curious to know. I know it made a lot of money. Uh, $117 million. Yeah. And that was uh, the top box office. Uh, it was. So that was number one. This is another one of these things where when I looked it up, it's unfair. Cause number two is another one of these movies that was like Rocky horror picture show. Um, that we had for the Death Race 2000. This one, you, you won't know. Okay. It's To Fly by the National Air and Space Museum. What? So, yeah, it's like this movie that they used for IMAX when there weren't any IMAX fo- movies other than that. this. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so that that's just, just, it's not fair. It just came with the IMAX uh, projector. Right, and, but it, I think it's still, even to this day, is sort of like Rocky Horror Picture Show being shown, and it's like, that doesn't seem fair to be I, human I, in a box What's office. it called again? I've, to Fly. I think I've seen that. You probably have. I think I saw that. What's where's the IMAX in the city? It's at a museum. Is uh, it the, no, it's at Navy Pier. Is it Navy Pier? Yeah, I think there used to have been one. Be one at some museum. Uh, 
Yes. What was I it? I remember it. I think I saw it there, wherever that was. Not at the field. Was it Museum of Science and Industry? I I think think it it that would be my guess if there was one that was at Science and Industry. I think they used to have an IMAX theater, and I think I saw that there. Right. <laughs> it sounds vaguely familiar. So I, I, For me, I'm going to throw that one out. I don't think that's fair. Right. Uh, just quickly through the rest of the top ten. A Star is Born, which I don't, I've never seen. I don't know. I don't know. All, all the President's Men, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, the Omen. This is another one. In Search of Noah's Ark. I don't know what that is. King Kong, which I'm going to guess you probably have seen that. Oh version. boy, have I seen? I, I saw it recently, actually. Is it any good? I was. I went on like Jeff Bridges uh, marathon. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, it's it's corny in the '70s way. It's it's kind of worth watching just for the spectacle of it. Right. It was part of the whole like mid '70s disaster movie craze. The Towering Inferno and Earthquake and, and Poseidon air, Adventure. Airplane a few years later, right? I learned recently, listening to a podcast, there was a movie called Meteor starring Sean Connery that was during that wave of disaster movies. And I'm oh, like, I have to see Meteor. I, I need to see that as well. Uh, um, anyway, continue. Yeah, sorry, I, but I have seen uh, King Kong. Uh, Silver Streak, have you ever seen that? I get those mixed up. So that's with uh, Gene Wilder and... Um, yeah. They made like Richard Pryor. Th- yeah, they made like three movies together, right? Yeah. I know I've seen a couple. I've seen See No Evil, Hear No Evil. I don't know if I've seen Silver Streak. Uh, so I've only seen it because it was I needed that. It was a, a, a geocache puzzle, and it's a bunch of Chicago movies, and that ends in Chicago. It's on a train, and so that's the only reason I've seen it is I needed no. to get some specific information from it. Okay. Uh, so rounding out the rest of the top ten, The Enforcer and Midway. Neither one should have won, I, uh, I knew. Oh, The Enforcer. That's a, that's a Dirty Harry movie. Uh, oh, okay. That's the second one? The third one? I, third I've only one. seen Dirty Harry. I've not seen any of the rest. The sequels are hit and miss. I think the Enforcer is the third one, which is a bad one. Okay. If I'm getting correctly. Yes, because the fourth one's Magnum. No, the second one's Magnum Force. Magnum Force, yes. Um, I think the fourth one also has the word Magnum in the title. <laughs> of course it does. Um, the fifth one's a Deadpool. Yeah, I think the Enforcer is the third one. I think that's the worst of the Dirty Harry movies. Okay. So I just want to give a couple of other noteworthies in 76 movies. All right. These are movies that didn't win Best Picture, by the way. Let me, let me just run it down. I, I, I seem to remember Network being a nominee. Network, Taxi Driver, Marathon Man, and we already covered All the President's Men. Those are some really good movies. Yeah. Taxi Driver, I would have thought was later. I didn't even realize. No, it was 76. So as you can imagine, some of the reason why I want to take a beef with Oh, because of Taxi Driver? Absolutely. Oh, come on. Now, Taxi Driver is the better movie. I, they're so different. <laughs> are we going to have this fight? Or you, you actually want to have this discussion? I'll tell I, you I'm what, willing to do it. Let's have this discussion maybe later on in the episode. I, I wanted to at least highlight that that's some pretty pretty strong movies that have held up very well over time that it won Best Picture over. I would agree. Right. I mean, I, I love Network. I think of those three, I might say Network is the best. Oh, I, I actually, if, if you were to ask me of the three, which should have Network? I think it's... Okay, Compromise. Uh, okay, <laughs> network. network right, we can move on. Yeah, we agree that network is better than both. All right, neither one of us have to be mad as hell. I lo- I love Rocky though. I mean, just, it's close. Well, it's I, funny. I'm, you know, it's funny. It is a perfect compromise because I love Taxi Driver. Right. So it's the perfect compromise. That's how good network is. All right. So then, just quickly. So 1976, 77 TV ratings. You want to guess what the number one show was? Uh, All in the Family. I'll say. These days, Happy Days. Like, happy Days. Happy oh, Days. Yeah. Oh, that seems early. Believe it or not, All in the Family. This it must have been towards the end of its run because it was. 
outside of the top 10, it was number 12. So I'm guessing it was late for All in the Family. That was like Archie's Place era of, <laughs> yes. of uh, All in the Family or whatever. Uh, so number two was Laverne and Shirley. I remember pretty well. I've seen That's some a spinoff of Happy Days, isn't it? Like, they, they got moving quick on that. Hey, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Happy Days must have started earlier than I thought. Uh, yeah, it may have. The huh. ABC Monday Night Movie. You need to just skip those. I, they're in there. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I just still. Uh, MASH. So I don't know if this is the beginning of MASH. Yeah, number probably four. It's got to be beginning. early. Yeah, because it's not number one. That's actually probably like middle, like season three, four or whatever. Uh, Charlie's Angels. The big event, which I don't know what that is. It didn't seem like it was a recurring thing, so it, it might have been. No, it was a big event, apparently. apparently. The Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> sure. Uh, Before the Bionic Woman took over, right? Because yes. then we have another one where she race, was doing better. Death Race, she she pulled ahead. Oh, that was earlier, though. So, hmm. uh, so he pulled ahead. Apparently so. The ABC Sunday Night Movie, Beretta, One Day at a Time, and then finishing out Three's Company. This is awful. I've never seen an episode of Beretta. The only, the only context I have for Beretta is there's a reference to it in Police Academy 2. <laughs> given the Police Academy expert that I have. Where they go... I say we do what Beretta would do. Beretta, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and so it's lost on you because you've never seen. Beretta. I've never seen Beretta, but I've seen Police Academy too numerous All right. times. All right, so then on the history, the S and P five hundred was at one hundred and one point two zero. Okay, very important for you. I've run out of sarcastic quips to. <laughs> to Fair enough. Give, we've got how many episodes to go? I'm gonna think you've burned through. Put them together all? a rolodex of of sarcastic S and P 500 commentary. Fair enough. So on November 2nd, a presidential election uh, was concluded, and Jimmy Carter defeated Gerald Ford. Okay, that makes sense. Homer, do you like football? <laughs> do you like nachos? Uh, so on November 4th, the first mass market of free agency in Major League Baseball. For some reason, I thought free agency was way sooner in Major League Baseball, but oh, it was not. I don't know. I mean, that kind of sports history, I have no context for. It could have mm. been the 40s for all I knew. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. So then also, two, uh, two expansion franchises in baseball fill out their rosters. You want to wager a guess in 76 who it might have been? I have no idea. In sports, if it happened before I was born, I don't know when things happened. I, I wouldn't have known either if I hadn't done this, okay. so it's not fair. The what Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners. Okay. Uh, on November 18th, Spain's parliament established a democracy after 37 years of a dictatorship. What's, yeah. what's funny and interesting to me is when I think of Western Europe... I know, look, there were dictatorships, but just in, in 2018, to, to think, and I know this was the 70s, but like, I can't even imagine Spain as a dictatorship. I know it's in the history, but it was just weird to me when I was typing that out. That was Francisco Franco, right? Yeah. I, I only know that context because of Saturday Night Live, because of a running joke. <laughs> it's, it's great where we know our history well, from. Well, because these are the things I've seen. Like, I, I, I'm not watching like 70s newscasts. I'm watching Saturday Night Live. <laughs> no, there was a running joke, Chevy Chase, every week. I think it's, it probably started shortly after he died, but like for like a year straight, every episode he'd go, breaking news, Generalissimo Francisco Franco is still dead. <laughs> and he would do it every single week. That is awesome. Yeah. All right, and so the last two bits of information that I've got to cover in all these. The New York Times bestseller is Sleeping Murder by Agatha Christie. Okay, she was still cranking them out. She was cranking them out. And then I'm going to let you, as always, guess the Billboard 100. Why do you you put this pressure on me and from a time guy. before I was born in 1976? Okay. I don't know. You, I, I'll give 1976 you the, I'll, disco I'll give you the, was probably starting. No, I'll give you the, if these. <laughs> did you know that disco record sales were up 400 percent for the year ending 1976? It is not a disco performer. I'll give you the performer. Maybe you'll be able to get Fine. it. Fine, Rod Stewart. Oh, 
Um, that's like blues Rod Stewart, like early Rod Stewart. Give it to me. I have no Tonight's idea. Tonight's the Night by Rod Stewart. Okay. I don't think I remember that song. I'm, not, I'm sure I know I've heard it. All right. That's not my era for music. All right. Well, 70s blues rock. It's I'd rather take a disco song than Rod Stewart. You know, that era Rod Stewart. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's what was going on in 1976. Okay. Disco record sales were up 400%. That's right. And Rocky was the number one movie in the country. So let's talk about Rocky. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. Okay, I guess I should do this since... Uh, this is your movie. I'm gonna, I have some notes, but I'm going to let you run with it. All right. I actually don't have a lot of notes. I'm just going to... I'm going to talk from the heart about Rocky in this episode, that's for sure. It's a movie I, about I heart, so it's perfect. Uh, well, is it a movie... See, we need to talk about this right off the bat before we even start talking about uh, the plot. Because we had a conversation like a couple weeks ago where... I forget what we were talking about, some movie, and then I said... It was a sports movie. I said, well, Rocky's a sports movie. And you were like, uh, no, it's a love story. And I was like, oh, wait, we'll talk about this on the podcast. So we, did, we, it, we didn't end up having this conversation. Is it a sports movie or is it a love story? From where I sit, it's not a sports movie. Okay. See, to me, it's a sports movie. Really? I don't have a problem with... It's not like I'm going like, I would never like a love story. Like, whatever. It's, it has a love story in it, and I like the love story in the movie. Um, but I, don't, I think primarily it, it's a sports movie. Wow. And here's, here's why I say that. Because this is a movie where, I mean, everyone knows the story of Rocky, basically. He's, a, he's an underdog boxer. He's down on his luck. He and the girl work at the pet shop, Adrian. She works at the pet shop across the street from where he trains. They go out on a date and fall in love. Meanwhile, Apollo Creed, the heavyweight champion, has his opponent break his hand, needs a new opponent, decides he's going to give an underdog a shot at the world title chooses because he has to fight for the bicentennial of 1976 they've got the fight booked he says yeah. he's got millions of dollars we'll get into more specifics but just i'm, I'm just kind of laying it out to to back up my argument here because all right so then you know rocky gets a shot at the world title and he he goes the distance and proves that you know he's not a bum basically it's like the whole thing is that's all he wanted he didn't really want to win he just wanted to he prove wanted he could to go the distance go the distance so you look at the structure of this movie Rocky and Adrian are basically a couple by like the 40 minute mark. And this movie does very little to put like hurdles in the way. They go out on one date and they're basically together and that's it. The movie spends the last hour building up to the fight and you know, the climax is the fight and that's where the hurdles are. It's like there's, there's just no real, you know, if it was a love story, there would be a point where it looks like their relationship was in jeopardy and it's like, Oh no, are they going to get together or not? Okay. It doesn't do that. It's like pretty much a foregone conclusion from pretty early on. And not to diminish the love story because it's obviously a very important part of this movie, but I don't think it's the focus of the movie. I think the focus of the movie is Rocky learning to respect himself by training for this fight and, you know, just this fluke luck opportunity gives him the vehicle through which he kind of learns he learns self-respect in a way that he didn't have before. Yeah, I guess for me, though, is that I don't think that they spend that much time. You've got some of the training, and then the last 15 minutes maybe of the movie, 20 minutes of the movie are the fight. But what I would argue is that you spend far more time building not just the relationship and them being a couple, but the, the filling the gaps, right, that... Adrian sure. also is along a, a similar path and journey along with Rocky. Oh, and totally. So, so to me, I think that there's far more, and the reason why it's a love story is that you're right, there aren't hurdles blocking them necessarily getting together. But in terms of their journey together, 
there's far more of a focus on that than there is his fight with Apollo. And in many ways, just like to Apollo, his opponent is kind of like secondary. To me, it seems like a lot of that, a lot of the fight is secondary in the movie. And that their relationship and their journey is more of what the movie is about. I think if that was true, there would be more story after the fight was over. I mean, Adrian kind of drops... But you can't have a boxing movie that ends, they have the fight, and then you're going to have another 20 or 30 minutes after that? (laughs) I agree, you can't have a boxing movie like that, because this is a boxing movie, hence a sports movie. If this was a love story, the focus would be more on... You know the way I, I I think it works great, and I'm not saying I'm not complaining. Believe me, like, I I love this movie. There are certain things I think the movie could have done to make it more of a love story than it is. I don't think it's necessarily you know it it in many in some ways it feels like it's getting it out of the way. And we should talk about that whole sequence where they go on their date, etc. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but that's like I don't know 55 minutes. At the 55 minute mark is when that happens, and then it all becomes about. Rocky's getting a chance to fight for the world title, and oh, you know, and obviously Adrian's there, and she she has things to say occasionally about it, but at no point does it become some kind of like stumbling block for them. It'd be one thing if it became some kind of an issue where it's like you're training and you're not, you know, you know I thought there's no I thought, fooling around, exactly. Everything's fine. Like even that's not a stumbling block. She's like, okay, although it is weird. I know I didn't. There are a lot of weird things I noticed this time for whatever reason. I, I'm sure it's just like. Of switch flips when I'm watching a movie for this podcast where it's like I'm looking at things more critically. I never noticed that the two scenes are out of order. I'm kind of getting off topic, but still, like, there's the scene where Rocky and Adrian are in Polly's house and he's just like, oh, no fool around. I got to keep strong. And then the next scene is him training with Mickey and Mickey goes, women weaken legs. Don't mess around with the girl. And he's like, all right, if you say so. But, you know, and then Rocky's kind of like, he fights it a little bit. He's like, okay, you're the, you're the boss. Yeah, you're Those right. should be in the opposite. Because he, he's already told Adrian, yeah, no fooling around. And then he's, he well, kind of fights he just, Mickey about the needs, next scene. He does, but maybe he needed Mick to really hammer home. No, 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 no. No exceptions. <laughs> sure. Rock. Just a reinforcement. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm, it's not a position where I'm adamant uh, about it. But still, I think for And maybe it's just that boxing. And I'll be honest. There's not a ton of boxing movies that I really like. And there's a lot of them. I would agree uh, with that. In terms of being sports movies, maybe it's the sport and not necessarily Rocky is the reason why I don't view it as a sports movie. Because to be honest, I don't look at Raging Bull as a sports movie either. There I agree. I don't think that's a boxing movie or a sports movie in a way they that I think this is. They probably spend just as much time on boxing and training in that as they do in Rocky. But again, I, th- I always feel like you look at the arc of the movie and you look at how the movie, what it's building to, and in Raging Bull, it's building to him as like a pathetic older guy, you know, telling stories or whatever. It's like, that's not what this movie is. It builds to, I mean, obviously Rocky doesn't win the fight, but you know, he's, he wins something like he, he is victorious in his defeat. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, obviously it ends with him yelling Adrian and them declaring their love for each other. So it's there. It's, it's an important part of this movie. I just don't think it's the primary Primarily what this movie is about. All right, that's fair. You know, because what is Adrian doing? Like, what is what is their story, the two of them, from 55 minutes on? Like, once they're together, what is the story? They're just together, and Paulie's an asshole, and kind of <laughs> sometimes is, you know, sticks his nose in their business. But uh, that's not really, uh, it never Pauly. seems like a threat. Yeah, we'll talk about all this stuff. Like, I just want to talk about it in the big picture. Like, you know, it never seems like a threat. They're inseparable immediately. Um, well, they fill gaps. 
Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's like a Lego. You can't pull yeah, it off. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I literally, I love that line. I do think that's like one of the most romantic things anyone has ever said in a movie. So, yeah. What do you see in my sister? Oh, you know, gaps, fill in gaps. What do you mean? Oh, I got gaps. She's got gaps. Together we fill gaps. I don't know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's never been a more romantic thing ever said in movie history. In a more unromantic way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the appeal of Rocky. I, I'm not going to dispute you on that. He's a great character. I think it's a love story, so I'm certainly not going to dispute you on that. Uh, I mean, it, I guess it's just semantics, but when it comes down to it, you know, back in back when there used to be blockbuster videos. <laughs> What what section is this going in? Not, this is what we're going to use as a template. Okay, sure, a standard. But you, would you expect to find? No, you know where I'd expect to find it. I expect to find it in drama. Actually, is where it would be. Okay, so that's I'm, very vague, though. Yeah, you're right. Neither one of us. That's the reason why blockbuster won't get you there. Well, but is it a sports drama or is it a romantic drama? <laughs> if you ask me, it's a romantic drama. <laughs> I really like the love story, although you know, I, I do. You want to talk about it now, or do you want to just kind of like? Walk through the movie kind of vaguely because I, I I do think it's worth talking about that whole date sequence. It's a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, this is I mean this is probably the spot to do it, right? It's the plot, unless yeah. you think it's you know for a different segment. But I think this is probably where it would be. No, let's talk about it. I just yeah. don't know if there's anything you wanted to, to no take I, care of first. In terms of the summary, no, my summary would have been pretty pretty brief. So I'm glad you covered it in a little bit more detail because it would be the perennial down on his luck loser is able to accomplish. What he sets out to do and learns to believe in himself and really becomes the symbol, you know, for underdog forever, right? From 1976 going forward. Yeah. He's, he's the embodiment of it to the point that they have a statue in Philadelphia for Rocky. Well, I learned some things about that statue recently, which uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize, but we should probably save that conversation until yeah, that's the fine. statue appears in Rocky 3. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't realize the city didn't put up that statue. There's <laughs> a little preview, but I had always assumed that the city had put up the statue and that the movies incorporated that into the into the story. No, it was the other way around. <laughs> they put up that statue and the city's like, what do we do with this? <laughs> and it becomes beloved. So see, it all it's, works out. It's still end. there. They moved it, but it's still there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the date. And the, you mean the ice skating rink, which yeah. I, I love that ice skating rink guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, the way his watch moves, it moves pretty fast, man. Oh, I didn't time it. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't think it's just necessarily supposed to be in real time. It's not, but I just, I'm like, ooh, he's really burning off the minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, he obviously can see that they're in a romantic situation. He doesn't care. It's like, four minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a lot of great bit part, part characters and you know, actors in this. Um, you know who else I like? Mike, the the guy who helps out at uh, Mickey's Mickey. gym. Yeah. I, he's somebody I never remember because he's only in this movie and he never comes back. He's replaced by a guy named Johnny in Rocky Two, who is <laughs> the exact same. I'm sure it was just a thing where maybe Mike, the guy who played Mike, wanted more money than it was so worth. We can go get a Johnny. Now it's Johnny. It's this guy. I always forget him, but every time he shows up, he's like, I got to kill him, Rock. It's like, I don't know. I like that guy. Uh, yeah, and he, he he's quick to backpedal when, hey, I just work for Mick. Mick told me to put oh, yeah. your stuff on Skid Row. When, when, I, give him, <laughs> I don't want to mess with this guy. When Rocky loses his locker. Yeah, he breaks thumbs for a living. Um, he's supposed to break thumbs for a living. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, but let's let's start with that date because, like, you know, Rocky's, he's obviously, he's got a thing for Adrian, and he stops by the pet shop. I mean, he's buying pets just to, so he has an opportunity to talk to I her. I can't even know. imagine how much money he poured into that place well not much because uh he kind of steals that turtle food if you noticed i didn't notice that he doesn't pay for he it he doesn't pay for it and even the, the other girl who works there says like you know you gotta pay for that uh, rock and he goes oh you know the crime doesn't pay and he just leaves 
<laughs> so, I remember the line, but I guess I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask if that was an intentional thing or not. Do you think? See, I, in my mind, he was just absent-minded. He was thinking about Adrian, like probably because that was he. Te- he tells her the joke, and it doesn't really go over well. It's like she doesn't react, and he seems kind of like yeah, he doesn't know flustered what to do. Back, about it. backpedaling. Sure, um, but yeah, he's he's constantly going in there, and he has two turtles and a goldfish. I presume because he just keeps going in there trying to talk to Adrian. Yeah, I kind of I wonder like how many pets he would buy if this date wasn't eventually right, well, successful and eventually butt gets the dog. I you know what I I always make fun of modern like movie websites how they're just they'll just write articles about the biggest nonsense of just like the capes of star wars or whatever the hell like just some stupid crap they want to talk about <laughs> that said i could write a ten thousand word article about the pets of the rocky franchise because <laughs> there are even more coming up can i but, ask you would the robot get a write-up oh sure i think that would count as a pet <laughs> okay We'll get there in Rocky The four. pet counts as a robot. That's all I wanted to know. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, or that the robot counts yeah, as a pet. That robot, I think, should count as a pet. All right. You could definitely put, a top, put together a top ten Rocky <laughs> series pets. Okay. Because this movie has four right there. Yeah. Like Cuff and Link and uh, Moby Dick the Goldfish and Butkus the Dog, which was Stallone's actual dog. I didn't know that. Interesting. Uh, it's the last credit in the credits. It's like actors, 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 gap, and then it says Butkus Stallone as dog <laughs> that's one of my favorite that's things awesome. i always watch the credits just because i want to see that at the end it's the la- it's literally the last thing that goes by but gets alone as Stallone. as dog so yeah so the date gets set up and um well it doesn't get set up because paulie doesn't tell her that rocky's I coming guess. for thanksgiving paulie sets it up for for rocky yes you know which is obviously like an awkward start to this whole thing but then she, i i really i like the character of paulie i think later. you do Wow. I like him as a character. I think he's an interesting character. I like the dichotomy of like he's a, he's a guy who obviously like doesn't know how to deal with his sister and anger. A lot of anger comes out at her in a way that is obviously like it, it's contributing to her shyness. As him, obviously later in the movie, Abusive, she, yes. yeah, later in the movie she blows up at him and says, you know, you keep you say I'm a loser, I'm not a loser. You know, that that's obviously what that relationship is building to is her yeah. exploding at him. But at the same time, there are moments where Paulie breaks down. And almost cries like during that scene where they're yelling at each other, and he's like, "You're supposed to be good to me." And like, I, I really find there's obviously some kind of like pain going on in that character that drives a lot of that that you see seeping out from from time to time. Like, I find him lovable despite all of it. Wow. And maybe it's because later in the series he becomes more of a comic relief character. That's probably more of what it that is. That may be contributing to it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is obviously him at his worst in the whole series. Okay, although Rocky Three. It's also not. It's probably my least favorite performance too. I think that's some of it. Uh, I, yeah. I was surprised he was nominated for an Academy Award for this. No, I, I like his performance. I don't, okay, I don't think there's any. Well, it's hard for me to look at any of these performances. Yeah, and, you have too much of a love for this. I will say the the one actor in this movie. We're going very far afield, but whatever. This is just a free-form conversation. The one actor in this movie who goes on and appears in every single one of the first six... Actually, it's funny. The three actors who appear in all the first six Rocky movies are Stallone, Burt Young, who plays Pauly, and Tony Burton, who plays Apollo's trainer. Who's actually one of my favorites. In this movie? Yeah. Oh, see, I think this is his worst performance in the whole franchise. Really? Because he doesn't have much to do. Well, that I'll say he doesn't have much to do. It's the scene where uh, him and... Uh, this isn't going to make any sense. I assume people are familiar with Rocky because we're bouncing around so much. It's like, hopefully you've seen Rocky if you listen to this. I assume everyone I would assume so at this point. Yeah, well, I think most people have seen Rocky. But like the scene where Mac Lee Green, we, they find out that he's broken his hand. Yeah. And like, what are we going to do? I think Tony Burton, you know, Apollo's trainer, 
I think he's really overacting in this scene. He's like, Apollo's put a lot of money into this, and he's just very kind of strident and all that. Also, he <laughs> there's a moment that makes me laugh where Apollo decides, I'm going to give an underdog a shot, and the promoter, George Jurgens, yep. is like, that's a great idea. It's very smart. And they shake hands, and then in the background, Tony Burton is like fighting to stay on camera. Oh, it I makes missed. me laugh every time. That, I think that's part of why I, don't, I get distracted by his performance, because it's like the whole shot, like he's getting boxed out by the, the act, like uh, yeah. Carl Weathers and the the promoter in front of him, and he's trying to like stay on camera. Sure and, wait, no, no, it's like why, why would that character be standing there? It's only so he can be on camera. Yeah, well, he's I, probably one of my favorite characters in this because I, I just like that he seems to be the only one in that entire group that has any clue of what's actually going on and paying attention. That's true. I do like the moment where he's watching Rocky on TV. He's like, you better look at this guy you're going to fight. Yeah. Looks like he means business. And Apollo's like, eh, I mean business, too. I'll, they'll drop him in three. <laughs> I mean business, too. So anyway, so back to the date. Suffice it to say, I like Burt Young as Paulie. I think I think it's okay. a good performance. So yeah, the date, they go on, they go to this ice rink because Paulie tells Rocky that, oh, she likes ice skating. But he doesn't ice skate because it'll mess up his ankles. He's just running along. <laughs> that whole scene is so charming. Oh, I think yeah. it's one of the best scenes in the movie. I wholeheartedly agree. He's telling her about his fights and like how he got injured and he's got the, the finger, the trick finger. <laughs> Tries to explain Southpaw. Oh, yeah. That's, which that's it, great. It, it does not originate in boxing. It originated in baseball. Oh, of course. Well, <laughs> even if it did originate in boxing, the idea that it's like, oh, he fought in Philly. He's facing Jersey or whatever. <laughs> it's nonsense. He just wants to, you know, he's he's making up stuff because he wants to, you know, whether it's impress her or make her laugh or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure if he is trying to make her think he actually knows what he's talking about. Or maybe, th- he, maybe he thinks he knows what he's talking about. I I'm think, not sure. I think Rocky thinks he knows what he's talking about. He heard this story from somebody yeah, and just took it. Somebody ran with it. Somebody was probably messing with him yes. and he just took it. Probably, uh, what's, uh, what's, did, do you ever get the driver's name that constantly is? Buddy. Is it just Buddy? Yeah, his name is Buddy. So something to, it seems like something Buddy would tell him, and that before Rock knew that that guy was a jerk, and he just ran with it. I'm not sure Buddy would even talk to him long enough to... Uh, Think so? Eh, maybe not. The only things we ever see Buddy say to Rocky are complete insults. <laughs> yes. To him and to Adrian. Yeah. She likes the zoo. Yeah, that, that actually is really bad. Yeah, I mean, that guy is obviously a jerk. I, I, I will say uh, I really wish there had been a moment of comeuppance for that guy where once Rocky gets the title shot of him being like, oh, you know, just some kind of like wouldn't sheepish it, acknowledgement that like, yeah, you've, you've really come up it, in the world. Wouldn't it have been great if he had bet against, you know, Rocky to get dropped in three and lost a bunch of money and Rock has to go collect money from him? Yeah, I think it's something. Yeah. Well, let's come back to the crime aspect of this movie, which I also want to talk about. But just to finish up the, the date stuff, they go back to Rocky's apartment. And like, what's your take on that whole scene? So my take: Do you think you think Rock had intentions? Is that what you're asking? Oh, obviously. I see. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I I think he's being very aggressive. You're saying he's not. You think that that's innocent? And as soon as they get there, it's like it's pretty hot in here. He takes his shirt off, and then he's like, "Come on, the couch. It's comfortable over here." And you know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I and then just, when she won't, he goes over to her and corners her in the corner. Well, that he does take it up a notch. You don't think that's all intentional? You don't think he's trying to close the deal right then and there? I don't think it, I don't think it crosses any lines because I think she has a lot of opportunities to be like, "Look, I'm going to go," and she doesn't. And you know, she obviously expresses her discomfort, but you know, I, I, I don't think he takes it to any like place. I mean, obviously, he tells he warns her before he kisses her. Yeah. In the end, I'm fine with the scene, but I do think it's 
given what, who Adrian is and how shy she is, and it just seems very aggressive in that situation. Like in terms of like in that context, I agree with you. In terms of like, she's not the type of person to really. I don't know. I mean, it, it's only because she's so shy and uh, you know sheepish that it's it kind of feels a little too aggressive. But you may be right on it. I guess the reason why I thought that it was a little more innocent, he certainly steps up the. Uh, the the heat, if you will, but I think the initial like invitation, I don't know, I kind of took it that more of he really wanted to show her cuff and link because he <laughs> you know bought them from her store, and so I don't know, I guess I took it that at least the initial invitation, I didn't necessarily think he had any plans, but then when she actually agreed to it, then maybe he decided to. Well, but she didn't agree to it. She, he's like, come over on the couch. And she's like, no, I've never been in a man's apartment. No, what before. I'm saying is outside when she's like, no, I, I should go home. That, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But yeah, then, then we realized, oh, wait, she's kind of going along with this. Then he decided to maybe, you know, see how much further he could push. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not equating the two characters, but like, I think the movie is saying part of the reason why Paulie is such an asshole to her is because he is trying to like push her like he's trying to force her out of the house basically he's like get out there live your life you stay in here all day as if it's like she's so shy the only way that she will change is if someone just like bullies her into it basically is what it seems like that's what paulie that's why i think i do think paulie's all of his behavior is coming from good intentions as awful as they are and i think this whole thing with rocky in his apartment is like kind of the same thing it's like she's so shy i have to be extra forceful to like convince her that this is what she actually wants to do. You know what I mean? It feels similar in a way. No, it's obviously not as, uh, you know, he's, he, Rocky's a nice guy and Paulie is not. Uh, I would agree with that. I don't know. I mean, in the end, I, th- I don't, I think it's fine. And obviously the fact that they immediately fall in love. Yeah. Rocky's intentions are pure regardless of his actions. His intentions are pure. Like he actually does like, obviously they fall in love and you know, in the next movie get married. It's like, this is not like a thing where he's just going to like, sleep with her and toss her away right. like she uh, he obviously regardless of what happened and i don't, I don't know if, uh, how clear he, it is how far it went but no, like, he may have tried to accelerate the process a little bit but i i don't think you got anything in the vibe that it wasn't mutual or consensual or yeah I agree. Like I agree but wherever it went even yeah. if it was just making out whatever oh so. definitely because once he starts kissing her she she kisses yeah. him back so well, after that point i'm fine with it it's just i think mostly it's just him pinning her in the corner yeah <laughs> that's the moment where i'm like ah rocky i like you and this is you know, it's all i mean to, to me it's also not and not that this necessarily excuses it but it's a different time and Courting, well, maybe not courting isn't the word, but in terms of... <laughs> it wasn't that time. It, no. wasn't, it wasn't the 17th century. No, but you know courting. what I mean? Is that I, for better or worse, I, I think that that probably would have been how you sealed the deal. And it was the 70s, so it's like, you know, I'm sure audiences at the time... Didn't th- I don't didn't think, think they thought, twice about no, it. I don't think they thought anything about it. And you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I think it's over any lines, or I'm not saying it's bad. It's just one of those things that... It's it's one of the few moments where I kind of go like Rocky, you're you're maybe not behaving in a way that I would like you to behave. But right. it's it's just a little bit of disappointment. It's not like I'm not condemning the he character or whatever. And you know what? Too he can't be perfect, right? I mean, he's oh yeah, he's a mob and well, maybe not. Inf- he's a collector. I mean, there's there's sure. some rough edges to Rocky. Well, let's so. talk about let's talk about that though, because it, as a collector, he never hurts anybody. No, he's t- actually terrible at the job. Well, and also he works for a terrible uh, oh, mob yes. boss. The whole organization is terrible. Oh, it from top to bottom. <laughs> well, Mr. Gazzo, played by uh, what's the guy's name? He's in Godfather and Godfather. He's 2. in yes, and he's also in. I uh, should know his name. Ah, uh, it's escaping me. Yeah, it's escaping me too. 
But yeah, Mr. Gazzo, who is a character... And stay hungry, because we that's were right, yeah. excited to see him in that. That's right. Um, boy, I, it, his name is on the tip of my, my tongue. But yeah, I, I've always liked this character, but it's one of those things where it's like, there's a scene like two-thirds of the way through where Paulie's trying to convince Rocky to let Mr. Gazzo give him Rocky's give him a, old job, yeah. which does happen in Rocky 2. Paulie does end up doing that job in Rocky 2, spoilers, but uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a minor plot point. But there's a scene where they're like, Rocky's just like, well, you know Mr. Bugazzo is a, a good man. And Paulie's like, yeah, I know he is a good man. And it's almost like the movie is really trying to convince us, like, don't worry about Mr. Gazzo. He's actually okay. Like, he's a nice guy. Mr. Gazzo gives him like 500 bucks for training money, yes. and it doesn't seem like there, there's any strings attached at all. No, I, he, he is the worst loan shark I've ever seen. Well, I don't think that's a loan for Rocky. He's a, he's for a, Rocky, Rocky, it's not, but for, the, for the, who Rocky's collecting for, he is a loan shark. Right. And he's terrible. Because it, you're right, from top to bottom, he runs just a terrible organization. And yet the one guy is terrified of the of Mr. Oh, Gazzo. When Rocky <laughs> collects from that guy, he's like, take this coat. I got the coat. Worth 50 bucks, it's maybe. 40 or 50 bucks. Uh, he's terrified. He really thinks he's in trouble. So it's like, Mr. Gazzo must have some kind of reputation. And yet, oh, Rocky's yeah. not doing him any favor. No, he's not at all. But, I mean, we're supposed to like Rocky for that. We're supposed to say, oh, Rocky's a nice guy. He's not going to break this well, guy's thumb. Well, in, in Rocky's defense, I will tell you, I kind of saw, you know, Rocky's got some good logic there. Hey, the guy's not going to be able to work. How's he going to pay his debts if he can't go to work? Yeah, but it's not his job to think. Let Mr. Gazzo think. It's, I understand <laughs> that, too, but uh, Rock's got a good point. He does have a good point. I mean, that's the only time we see him doing his now, actual job. Now, to that point, though, he I mean, he could have just broken something else or given him a, you know... A savage beating. He he could have put him in rough shape where he still could go to work. Yeah, so that's something. that that's where Rock falls a little bit short. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. No, that's the Rocky's obviously too nice a guy, but it's just one of those things where you just wonder how did he get this job? How much ha- of violence has he done in the past doing this job? Has he ever broken anyone's thumbs? Has he ever actually like beaten a guy? It's one of those things that. You look at this character, and you can't imagine him ever. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Even when he's angry at people, he shouts at walls and things. Like I want to talk about that scene with Mickey later, but it's like he can't even like really be angry. I guess he does once or twice, but like you know. But also, hold on though. To his defense, he does collect money. Now he doesn't get all of it, but he also does get money. So it's not like this guy's a total deadbeat who just sells rock on a story. And doesn't give him any money. That's he, true. He, Rocky takes his wallet and takes everything that guy has. Yeah, but again, a lot of that, it seemed like, is just based on Mr. Gazzo's reputation, which is not justified based on anything we see in this or in the next movie. Uh, he's, not, he's not in Rocky 2 as much, and that's the last time he appears. So, he, so what you're saying is he's a terrible loan shark. It seems like it. He just seems like the nicest guy in the world. And, and even there's dialogue, like I said, in the movie saying, you know, Mr. Gazzo, he's such a good man. <laughs> And he is What's, like that's that's, that's what funny. we see. He's like the most upstanding. He's you know he's, he's more upstanding than he's, like payday loan stores that are probably yeah. even worse than he, Mr. Gazzo. He's mobster claws. <laughs> that's <laughs> great mobster claws. He just gives out money and it's like pay me back. You know what? It's like he's like this guy's three weeks late and I don't like it. Three weeks late. <laughs> what, what's going on? And, get, and I have to admit, giving Rocky five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's a lot of That's money. That's a ton of money. I, I, no strings attached. Never comes back in a later movie. No. I will say, uh, not to get too ahead, uh, far ahead in terms of the sequels, but I said I was going to bring up the sequels, so tough. I'm just, I want to talk about Rocky Three because I feel like Rocky Three was the movie where they really could have used Mr. Gazzo in an interesting way because Mr. Gazzo never appears after Rocky Two. He shows up at Rocky and Adrian's wedding. Spoilers, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then he has one scene later in Rocky Two. I'm just going to spoil the whole Rocky franchise right now, but what okay. it, uh, I'm going to try and say as little as possible. But obviously, 
after the events of Rocky II, Rocky becomes much more famous even than he is. Obviously, he's not famous in this movie. He's just a nobody fighter. But he becomes a famous figure. And I really think they could have done something interesting with Mr. Gazzo to say, okay, now it's time to collect. I helped you out. Now you help me out. You know, one day I'm going to come to you for a favor. <laughs> you, know? you mean the mob only did me a favor <laughs> exactly. to get something in return? <laughs> okay, I will go. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I feel like that was the opportunity to say, okay, here's an opportunity for drama. I'm just yeah. like Mr. Gazzo, this guy he thought was such a great guy. The turn, tables have turned. Tables have turned. Yeah, there's some value in Rocky. They never do anything with this character, Mr. Gazzo. I, mean, I don't even know why Sylvester Stallone decided to make Rocky, Rocky enforcer. an enforcer other than just... I feel like this sort of thing is kind of a boxing movie cliche, sure. just like, he's a boxer, but he also works for the mob, you know? Yeah, I mean, and you could have found something else. He could have been a bouncer somewhere that, you know, he's still using his muscles instead of his brain. Sure. And not had this subplot that doesn't really go anywhere other than... Make something for you and I to make light of that he's mobster claws. I mean, I, I like that character. I love, uh, um, God, I, I really wish I could remember the actor's name. I love that actor. I went back when, when we saw uh, Stay, Stay Hungry. Hungry and you'd mentioned he was in The Godfather. I was like, oh, was he? I don't even remember. And then I went back and I watched Godfather and I was looking for him. Um, I do like that scene in Godfather 2 where he's oh, testifying. To that, it's, I mean, it's one of the most memorable scenes. I mean, yeah. I don't know the Rocky movies like you, so when I saw Stay Hungry, I'm like, oh, when, it's, when he, uh, somebody tells me to push a button on a guy, so then, uh, I push a button That's on right. a guy. Uh, Joe Spinell, I found his name. Yes, Joe Spinell. Joe Spinell. I, I really like his character in the Rocky movies. He's just kind of like, he's almost like a disappointed father or something. When he, when he, <laughs> when he takes Rocky aside and he's just like, Rocky, you know, you look, make me look bad and you don't do, you know, yeah, hurt, he hurt these guys. He yells at him, but he doesn't berate him. Yeah, it's so loving. Like, even when he's, he's taking Rocky to task, Rocky works for the mob and this guy is not getting the money that Rocky <laughs> needs to pay him. And this guy's just like, I'm so disappointed in you, Rock. Come on. You're better than this, Rock. You know, yeah, Buddy is way worse to Rocky than uh, Mr. Gosling. Way worse. Yeah. Anyway, you want to talk about uh, Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed? I absolutely do. And if you want to cover it now, I'd love to. So here's the thing that I want to say about this movie is that when, so it'd been, like I said, about 10 years since I'd seen it. Mm -hmm. Walking away from it, you know what I have the hardest time on is that I like Apollo better than Rocky. Apollo's a great character. Oh, yeah. So he's one of the best characters in the series for sure. And and for me, so we've talked about it many times and I don't want to call him a villain. He's definitely not a villain. No, he's an antagonist. And I mean, you, he's an opponent. Yeah. He's an opponent. Yeah. That said, so villain isn't the right word. He is one of the best of all time. I love Apollo Creed. The way he's introduced on the TV, Rocky goes into the bar and they see him on the TV. And the way he's just like, don't follow sports for an, uh, for a profession. Whatever he says, it's like, uh, Use sport, your mind. Sports make you smell. Be a thinker, not a stinker. Oh, I've got that in in one of my notes. I absolutely love that line, and it is Carl Weathers is so perfect delivering. He's it. a great actor. And we sung his praises in Predator, and obviously, I love Predator also. Not as much as Rocky. No, but I wish Carl Weathers would have been a bigger bigger star really. than he was. I mean, honestly, he's so talented. And you know, I think someone like him. It, it's rare to, to. I mean, Stallone's another example, but I think. Actors who are like very physical, not just like physically fit, but like able to be physical in a movie. Yeah. Like those aren't necessarily the same things. You know, like some actors are physically fit, but they don't look plausible as like athletes or like action stars or whatever. In terms of like plausible as a boxer, you know, because uh, Carl Weathers was a football player. Yep. 
and learn how to, I mean, the boxing and scenes sometimes, especially in the first movie, get flack for being fakey, and they are kind of fakey. Like, a lot of punches are missing, and yeah. their guards are never up. Like, <laughs> a lot of the criticism of that stuff is plausible, you know, is reasonable. It's, yeah, it's, it's justifiable. I'm not a big boxing fan, so I don't care about that stuff as much, but, like, I know, like, boxing fans look at the fights in the first three or four Rocky movies and kind of go, like, ah, it's fake, fake. <laughs> the fakey. first three or four? Oh, yeah. I mean, it really wasn't until Rocky Balboa that they started getting the boxing right. Because by that point, Stallone was actually involved in bo- real boxing. Like yeah. he became like a boxing promoter for a while, like for real. So, I think by, by that point, he knew more about boxing to ba- make it more real. But yeah, I mean, I, all all of these original Rocky movies have fakey fighting. But I think the thing that makes me believe it is both Carl Weathers and Stallone being plausible. Like I look at both yeah. those guys and be like, yeah, I, I totally buy Carl Weathers as the heavyweight champion of the world. And I totally buy yeah, Stallone in this era as a down in his luck boxer. I'm sure that those that know, you know, the, the technicalities of boxing, I'm sure it looks terrible and isn't even close to reality. But what I think they both have, they have the right presence that you, you believe yeah. that they're boxers. That's a good way to put in it. In the ring, as well as in the, you know, the promotion with the two of them, I, they have the presence, totally believe it. And Weathers, he he is he just has that it's arrogance, but I still like because there's some when it comes off it comes off as like ah that's either cartoonish or off putting. I really like Apollo Creed, yeah. and I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. I think you are supposed to. I mean, I, he he has this movie doesn't focus on him as much as the later movies. I think two in particular. I think you really get to understand what makes Apollo tick. In a way that this movie, you know, I think the Apollo Creed scenes in this movie are mostly just for exposition. Yeah. The movie is pretty much all from Rocky's point of view, except when they cut to Apollo. And those scenes are just kind of to say, here's what's happening. Here's why Rocky is getting this title shot. You know, Mac Lee Green broke his hand. Uh, and we need a new opponent. And here's 10 other guys. Oh, this guy's in France. This guy's put on 100 pounds. And I've spent way too much money to move this fight. Yeah, he's already spent millions of dollars in promotions. And, you know, the fight, at that point, the fight is in five weeks. Like, it, that's the thing that I always forget in terms of, like, what a short timeline this movie is set. Yeah, because it's in. just before Thanksgiving, basically, their, their introduction. Right. You have the date on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's January 1st. January 1st. 1976. They're, they're fighting. Yeah. Which I have to think, the movie calls it out. It's like, no, one, no one's going to fight you with only five weeks training. That's why part of the reason why Apollo thinks up the idea of giving a nobody the a shot. Italian stallion. Um, I love that scene. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> um, every scene with Apollo and his crew of guys is really cool. good. Well, I think, and again, this is another thing that I think comes out more in uh, Rocky, Rocky 2, but it's like, I love how, I just closed my notes by mistake. That's fine. <laughs> I don't need them. <laughs> to hell with them. Uh, I think I think Rocky One touches on this, but you see it more in Rocky Two because I. It seems like Apollo is very consciously creating a public persona that is actually very different from his private self. Like you see those meetings, he's very business savvy. He's very oh, he's very very smart. He's the one who thinks of the idea, you know. And everyone's like, "Wow, that's a great idea." Which you know, it's like that's what I love about the characters. And he's not the just one, yes men because it is a really good idea. Yeah, and he's driving this whole thing. He he comes with the idea. He picks Rocky because he likes the name Italian Stallion. Apollo Creed versus the Italian, <laughs> Italian Stallion. Stallion sounds like a damn monster movie. <laughs> love that. I do too. I kind of want to see that monster movie. Um, when you see him on that TV and he's very he's being very boisterous and be like, "Be a thinker, not a stinker," and it's like. 
you can see that that's a persona. And then when he's in this business meeting with all his, his crew, he's very thoughtful and serious. And he's not that kind of larger than life figure that right. he presents to the world. No, he's like, pretty grounded. Yeah. But I think, again, I think you see this a lot more in Rocky too, but like you see that his, you see the guy in those meetings and then you see him coming out for the fight in an uncle in the George Washington, and then he he takes off the George Washington stuff and puts on the Uncle Sam stuff. So point no one you, I want you. I mean, you can totally see how calculated that is in a way that makes you like that guy because it's like even though his public persona is kind of a put on, I love the fact that he is that savvy to be like, this is the way I need to be in order to get people you know excited for this fight. I've got a lot of money invested in it, and yeah. he's like, th- his business sense is such that he knows he needs to kind of play it up for the crowd you know yeah he needs to make the fight more interesting because everybody going into it is going to think that this is going to be over in like a round because this is just some guy they basically you know dragged out yeah and so he's trying to give them their money's worth yeah and apollo's a showman he's much more concerned about that stuff than winning the fight that's part of the reason i mean i know what you mean by he's arrogant but i don't think of apollo as much as arrogant I mean he is but he's the heavyweight champion of the world so it's justified yeah it comes with the territory um but to me, it's more just a dismissiveness. Like he's just more, much more focused on the the business side of this fight is falling apart, and he just needs to focus on that because that's the part that needs his attention. So like the fight is an afterthought. It's like that's nobody. I'll beat him. Like right. and he does. So. I don't. Well, and I don't blame him necessarily. So that may, maybe arrogant wasn't fair, but I think there's a certain level of it. I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think. But I, no, I don't. I don't blame his his logic either. That if you're going to focus your energy, you're going to focus it on. No, I really need to build this thing up, get people excited because I'm probably going to beat this guy in like a round. Yeah. So I need to make sure people actually tune in. Right. But anyway, on on that note. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk. I'm sorry I'm just driving this conversation, but it's it's a Rocky movie, so I'm just going to do it. I do want to touch on a little bit, like, we haven't talked much about how Stallone wrote this movie, which I'm sure people know, but I think this is such a great script, and give, give Stallone all the credit in the world. He was he was a nobody when he wrote this script, and in many ways, I think this story is about where he was in his life when he got this opportunity to get this movie made. Like, it's a movie weirdly about itself. <laughs> So uh, as meta as can be, yeah, it kind of is. I, well, I think every Rocky movie is kind of about where Stallone was in his life at that time. Because hmm. you think about the movies where, like Rocky three and four, where things are getting a little more over the top and crazy. It's like, yeah, that was just what was happening with Stallone. So you're saying Stallone probably had a robot at his house? I, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but <laughs> just get there. I just keep going. No, man. I, it's not. I think he did. He owned that robot. I know that for a fact. <laughs> What, what like you a, said, what you said as a joke, was actually true. Like a regular guy, that was Ro- Stallone's personal robot. He actually owned that robot. In Rocky One, he got his dog on screen, <laughs> and in Rocky Four, he got and his it robot. Really on. Is a pet? Yeah, it was it's a pet. officially a pet. It got a credit, also, just like Butkus got a credit. Seiko the robot as robot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. He does. <laughs> Just like any regular guy. I think he had to sell him eventually. I think uh, when, when Stallone hard, hit the hard time. Hard times eventually came and the robot had to go. Ended up on the end of the street with the trash. Uh, <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Oh, I, I was talking about Stallone writing the screenplay. I do. I am very impressed every time I watch this how deftly Stallone, the screenwriter, navigates the racial politics of this movie. Because it's a movie about a white underdog boxer taking on a black heavyweight champion. And, you know, I think later movies fall into this a little more. But all of them are pretty good about this in terms of this could be a movie that really stokes that kind of racial divide. And I I think the fact that Apollo is the one who thinks of it, the fact that Apollo is the one, 
it takes the curse off of it because Apollo's the one who's deliberately deciding to fight a white man. And they acknowledge it in that press conference. Yeah, where it's like, he handles it well. He yeah. says... He basically turns it back around. Right. The, the reporter says, is it a coincidence you're fighting a white man and the nation's uh, bicentennial? is like, I don't know. Is it a coincidence he's fighting a black man? It's like, yeah, good, good answer. Okay, Apollo fires right back. No, but the movie handles it as well as Apollo does because it's one of those things where when they introduce the character of Apollo on that TV and Rocky's in that bar, the bartender starts oh, yeah. talking. You know, it's, you know, I think it's a PG movie and it's handled like that kind of stuff is handled in a very kind of soft way. Like the movie really could have gone like, oh, like really that, that bartender could have really said some things, but they handle it in a way where it's very clear where that guy's coming from. And Rocky shoots him right down. This is yeah. even before he gets the, his title shot. It's like, we understand where Rocky's coming from. This isn't even a thing that's on his mind. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think it's important that the movie did that. It's like, and the fact that Apollo is not a villain, like, like you said, I mean, I, th- I think Rocky three, when we get there, I've got some opinions about Rocky three that I, I'm, I think Mr. T is maybe pushing that line a little too far. We'll save that conversation for Rocky three. All right. But I, I really think it's, especially in 1975 or 76, it's like I, this movie could have it really, really been a lot different, gone a ro- the wrong way with this stuff. And the fact that it's one of those things where you watch this movie and you almost don't even think about it. Like, it comes up every once in a while. The movie acknowledges it and just it deals with it and it moves on yeah. in a way that is so well handled. It's just like you're, I mean, it's fair to point it out and give Stallone credit where credit's due. I think it deserves the credit because it's one of those things that it's it's amazing how how much it's not an issue. I think that it's it's like invisibly so well handled that you don't even think about it. So I just Stallone. I just want to give him the credit for that because it's just like you know a bad screenwriter would have made this very, very oh, yeah. problematic. Problematic, and it would have been something that would have been probably acceptable to write in 1975, 76, and, but then when you're looking at it 30 years later, it would look a lot different. That's the thing. I mean, that's something that we say a lot in this podcast, just like, well, th- times were different back then, or you know, whatever. This play is perfectly fine now. Yeah. Like, if this movie was made now, handled in this way, not an issue at all. It's it's exactly handled right. You know what I mean? In, in, in a way that they didn't have to do back then. In the 70s, if you're making a movie about an underdog white boxer beating the hell out of a, you know, black heavyweight title, it, it, if you had done it in a way, you know, where you're asking the audience, you know, this movie is asking the audience to root for Rocky in a way. And, you know, at no point do you feel, do I feel like the movie is asking us to root for him to just beat the hell out of, of, of I, Apollo. No, I don't think so. To the point where I said, I'll be honest, I like Apollo right. better than Rocky. No, and the fact that the movie makes Apollo so likable. It's all, I think, very intentional in a way that, you know, sometimes you don't think of. No, and it's good that... It deserves credit. Yeah, that it, it is able to withstand the test of time because it could look a lot different and maybe would have been one that faded. Yeah. If not. Oh, and I think, I think there's only one Rocky movie that I think does have issues in, in that regard. Right. But we'll get there in two movies, two Rocky movies from now. All right. Um, anyway. So, so do you think we've covered, covered plot sufficiently? I, I think so. I don't, there's a couple. We, we haven't talked about Mickey yet. All right. I, especially I want to talk about that scene. It's probably the best acted scene in the movie. At yeah, least for me. I would agree. Both of them. Both Burgess Meredith and Stallone. Yeah. I, and credit to Stallone, but Burgess Meredith too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a showcase scene for him. He didn't... He, it's it's he's not in it much. I thought he was in this movie a lot more than he is. Yeah, most of the Mickey stuff you think of is from two. Okay, he has, that's what I figured. But. He's much much more prominent in two. Almost no training with Mickey there. Like you know, no that scene where where he asks to maybe begs basically to be Rocky's trainer. 
that's obviously a turning point because every scene prior to that, they're oh. butting heads. Yeah. And then every scene after that, they're, he's just the trainer. I'm going to whip you into shape or whatever. So, yeah, it all depends on that scene to work. And it works really, really well. I think it's probably, for me, the, the best scene in the movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Especially the moment, it's so brilliant. And I think this was scripted. Mickey is trying to convince Rocky to let him train. And Rocky's like, you, you didn't help me 10 years ago. I needed your help 10 years ago. Well, it's not even training. It's to be his manager. manager and he's like, true. the fight's already set up. And Rocky has a really good point. <laughs> yeah. I don't need a manager. Right, exactly. The fights, I have a shot at the heavyweight title. What do I need a manager for? Yeah, I wonder. I guess he is his manager. Because I think we see in later movies that he's his manager. He, he, he but, becomes it. But I, in this movie, he's just training him, really. Yeah. And not even really. Most of the training sequences we see, it's Rocky alone punching meat. <laughs> You know, <laughs> or running upstairs. Yeah, running upstairs. So yeah, I don't know. If it's, I guess it's not clear if if Mickey is Rocky's manager or just a trainer. Um, well, to Rocky's point, he didn't need a manager at least for the Apollo Creed fight. No, that's for sure. Yeah, if Mickey got a cut of that oh, uh, manager cut, that would be highway robbery. Yeah, because Rocky paid one hundred fifty grand for this fight. It's like even ten percent is <laughs> way too much for for Mickey. One percent would have been too much for four weeks' work, basically. Yeah, he, didn't, he barely did anything because it's probably a week into it's a couple of days after Thanksgiving at least before Mickey comes to him. So yeah. you figure four weeks, you know, that's. Not worth fifteen grand, but uh, Mickey good. Mickey didn't deserve very much for his work on this. No, but I was gonna say what's so brilliant about that scene is Mickey gives up. He's just like, ah, I'm, he's like, I'm seventy six years old, and, I, and then he just kind of like he just decides like I'm wasting my time, right? Yeah, I, I've lost this fight. Yeah, goes to leave, opens the door. No, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Remembers, I forgot my hat. Closes the door, goes to get his hat. Rocky has been hiding in the bathroom. Thinks he's left. Comes yeah. out, sees him, you know, and goes right back in. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was scripted, and what a great idea. That's an amazing moment. No, it is, and particularly, I think, Burgess Meredith's reaction. Both, yes. actually, both of their reactions to uh, Mickey's hoping when he's coming out that right. Rock has changed his mind, and Rock is just pissed because he's like, oh, no, I thought this bum was out of here. Yeah. Both of them handle it and deliver it. That's why I think it's probably the best scene in the movie. It's, yeah, I agree. It, Burgess Meredith's look after Rocky comes out, sees him, goes back. Yeah, it's like heartbreaking. It's yeah, it's he, it's really defeated. Yeah, it's for for a guy that he's just kind of laid a lot out there about where his life has been, and to then have that glimmer of hope for a second and then just be crushed. Yeah. Well, it's also when he's down like halfway down the steps and Rocky starts shouting after him. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Just like you know, Rocky's obviously furious at him, but he he's too nice to do it to his face. So he waits till he leaves and he just starts. He just like it just comes out just of him. All the go. anger comes out of him. Yeah. That's something that I think the later Rocky movies lost that. I think is a shame is this kind of this movie kind of hints at it from time to time. Like Rocky has a certain amount of rage, like the opening fight with Spider Rico, Spider Rico headbutts him and he gets, he just gets mad and beats the hell out of him. There's a couple of moments well, like that. He I'm, I have it. What spider? What are you doing? Headbutting a guy. Yeah. I mean, he's just trying to cheat. Like he, this guy is even more at the end of his <laughs> rope than Rocky. So he's like, I got every trick I can pull. But like, yeah, there's that. There's the part where Rocky gets mad at Paulie, but instead of hitting him, he punches the meat. That's where he starts gets the idea to train with the meat. Yeah. You breaking know. the ribs, <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, which is a nice setup for later when he actually breaks Apollo's ribs. It is. Um, and yeah, and then shouting from you know he doesn't have the heart to shout. Like, there's all, there's moments where it's like Rocky has this rage, and he finds ways to direct it not at the person he's angry at or not. I mean, I guess in the case of Spider Rico, he does. <laughs> he just beats the hell out of Spider Rico. He but he's in a boxing match there. 
it's one of those things that kind of goes by the wayside in later Rocky movies where I think really starting with Rocky 2 Rocky is just like he's an adorable lovely, lovable guy or it's like that, that rage that underlies it all kind of which it really should be in there because if you if you're to believe that Rocky has has this heart and then go to the distance you're you're going to need to be able to call up something and be a pretty angry person to be able to get in that ring and go right. 15 rounds with somebody I, I only bring it up uh, and we'll talk about it more when we cover Rocky 2 but it's it's one issue I have with Rocky 2 is I wish there are moments in Rocky 2 where he should be really angry and he's not. You know, he kind of he kind of becomes a little more cowed. Like he's kind of like he almost becomes more like Adrian in a way where he's just like I'm just a loser. You know, <laughs> then things start going bad. Oh, oh. He doesn't have that anger that I feel like. I, I think that really makes the character in this movie work because you like him, but it's like oh, I know that that's there's stuff simmering underneath yeah. that's that may be a little dangerous. The Incredible Hulk, right? Yeah. Uh, anybody we missed before, before we uh, move on? I just want to make sure we're now. I think covered we covered. Bases. I think we covered everybody that really matters. I feel like there's at least one sequence. I mean, we haven't really talked about like the training montage and the fight and all that. If, I, I will say just briefly. If it, you know, I don't know if you have any opinions about both the training montage and the fight. I mean, these are obviously things that become staples of the Rocky franchise, and each each one of those in this movie is kind of the prototype. So they can feel kind of bland. It's like in this movie, it's like, okay, he's running up the steps. He's, you know, uh, I don't think he even jumps rope. It's just more like he's, punch, no, he he, he's punching meats. He's doing sit-ups and put, one-arm push-ups. punching bag, too, that he does. Yeah. Both the body bag and then the speed bag you've got in there. I don't even remember him doing the speed bag, but... Uh, he does the speed bag. Okay, I don't remember that. See, to me, the speed bag is associated with Rocky too, because in that movie, it's all about getting speed. Speed's what we need. Lightning fast speed. <laughs> I will say, I wish there was more Mickey in this movie, because I find Mickey really funny in moments like that, and there's not a lot of like funny Mick moments. There's not a lot of funny moments at all in this movie, That's actually. true. Not there, just Mick. There are a couple, like right before the fight, when they're talking about his robe. He's like, oh, Paul, you made some money putting the thing on my robe. He's like, what do you get out of it? I get to keep the robe. Shrewd. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's got a couple of funny yes, funny lines. Also, I really like when they're they're arguing with each other. It's actually not supposed to be a funny moment, but I find it funny where, remember where Rocky goes in. Actually, there's a couple of funny exchanges where they're yelling at each other. And I just find it funny. It's when Rocky comes into the gym and Mickey's like, some guy was here from George Jurgens' office. Uh, I think they may need some sparring partners for, for Creed. He's like, oh, George Jurgens. Uh, I wonder if they need sparring partners for Creed. I just said that, you dumb, you know. Yes. Oh, no, he says, oh, I already said that, which is part of what makes me laugh. I already said that before. <laughs> I think that's what I already it said is, that before, you yes, dumb. that's the line. That makes me laugh. And also, a moment later where... Rocky's like, I've been coming in here for six years or whatever, and for six years you've been sticking to me. I want to know why. And he goes, you don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know why. You want to know? I want to know. All right, I'll tell you. It's like they're just stre- the way they stretch that whole thing out. It's like, just get to it. Something about, the, just get, you want to know? You don't want to know. You want to know? <laughs> they keep saying stuff like that over and over. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. We can get to the technology. Time so, for the technology. All right, yeah. let's do it. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? I actually had a few for this. Did you? Uh, did you have any? Because normally I wind up dominating this one. 
Uh, I do, but I gotta get my file right, back. That's fine. So, I was like, so the first one I have is to me was quite obvious because of a later movie that uh, today Creed would have been able to simulate the fight and determine that Balboa could go the distance. He might not have picked Rocky Balboa. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I didn't even think about that. But uh, the, from Rocky Balboa, the, yeah, the like, ESPN fight. Yeah. Well, that's related to a thing that I have in terms of like the the media t- landscape, the sports media being so different now versus back then. All right, I've got something like that. So but it's, let's it's hear in that. the same. It's just in the same vein. So you're saying that Creed would have had his own simulation? Because that oh, was oh yeah, I mean Creed has how much does he have at his? Look, Rocky wasn't going to be able to run a simulation. Rocky <laughs> well, doesn't have any money, not by himself, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> but with anybody, he didn't have the financial resources. Creed, somebody on that team would have said, "All right, you want the Italian stallion? Let's see what the Italian stallion would look like." And they may say, oh, I don't know, this, this left, left-hander that's constantly going to the, can work the body, I don't know if this is the right pick for you. What data do they have to work with at this point, even if, if that's the case? I don't know. Do boxers do that? Do you know? Try to run simulations or whatever. I have no idea. That doesn't seem like a boxing thing to do. In Rocky Balboa, it was ESPN doing it. Like, we, we've decided to do <laughs> this for some reason. That's so funny to me. Um, yeah, it's kind of strange. That's, that's a long way off, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that in depth when we get there. The ESPN like, CGI simulation of Rocky Balboa versus Mason the Line Dixon. But um, <laughs> no, even if that was a thing in boxing where they like, you know, I think that's a thing in other sports where they'll actually oh, yeah. crunch numbers and saber metrics and all that. Yeah. My impression is that's not a thing in boxing, but even if it was, Apollo Creed and his camp doesn't seem like a group that would be into that. Oh, he seems more so? like an old school, like, I'm just going to train and, you know. But it was old school back then. I, I think Creed would have used everything at his disposal. I think he's savvy enough to recognize that there's value in that, especially if... if it's an unknown, right? And Maybe Duke would have. Apollo's trainer. Yeah. Who doesn't have a name in this movie, by the way. But later he's named Duke. Tony, quote, Duke Evers is his character's name. Okay. I, yeah, I think he maybe would have. He would well, have especially like, watching that TV. He'd be like, oh, man. Right. He's the one saying, we, got, we need to actually prepare for this fight. This guy's beating up bags of meat. We right. <laughs> better pay attention to this guy. I, I, we didn't talk about the news, that news story, but something about that <laughs> cracks me up, the reporter. That lady oh, the just, reporter is so 70s. Yeah, and, and just like. Doesn't seem like she wants to be there. It's like, how did I end up in this like yeah. boxing meat punching beat <laughs> in this freezer? How did I get this puff piece? I should be doing real news, not yeah. this. That's another moment of comedy uh, where Paulie's in the background trying to get into the show. Yeah, oh, the meat guy's back there. <laughs> that scene in particular is why I st- I can't hate Paulie is because he's funny in that scene. You know, he's pretty abusive. You though. do that to Apollo, you get, we're gonna they're gonna arrest us for murder. That line makes me laugh. The way he delivers that line, they're gonna arrest us for murder. <laughs> Uh, I had a point. Whatever. It's gone. All right. Well, well, oh, the well, technology. Yeah, well, I've got a couple other. What, what do you have on your technology notes? Well, you went to the movie Rocky Balboa, interestingly, where they do that simulation, which I didn't think of. But uh, I was thinking more of Creed, the you know the recent the spinoff. Right. You can, I mean, I think that movie kind of is what if Rocky happened today or two years ago or whatever. But still, you know, the smartphones and the media landscape and, you know, well, let's not spoil it too much, but fact about adonis come out yeah. in you know online through uh, i forget if it was uh, tmz or something but like stuff like that where in today's landscape with social media and all that as soon as the fight was announced every little detail about rocky's life would be out in the world immediately just yep. like 
who is this guy, you know, scouring his, I don't, I don't know if Rocky would tweet. But, That's you know, what I was wondering, like, is if Rock would have accounts for people to go find it, see if they could find racist things or whatever that he may have had in tweets or Facebook postings from 10 years ago. I imagine that Rocky, if he was 30 years old today, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm thinking, because, you know, we're 38, and it's like, 38 and 30 is pretty different. Yeah. There are definitely people our age who don't, do much social media or any really but i don't know 30 maybe yeah maybe he just that's the culture he would have a presence and so that's actually moves me on a one that i think that another one that i have that rock would have definitely at 30 been participating in which is what i have that rock and adrian would have been both on tinder and probably both swiped left on one another and never gotten together why why would you say that i just terrible thing to say these characters that i love how dare you because why would they swipe Tinder left? Tinder is so superficial. They probably look, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, but those two characters are not superficial. They're not. They probably wouldn't be on Tinder either. They'd no, <laughs> but growing up, in, if they're 30 in the culture today and grew up, I think they probably would be on it. I don't think well, Adrian don't, would be. Maybe, maybe Rocky. Maybe Adrian wouldn't be. So, okay, then Rock wouldn't be going in and telling the jokes because he would have been on Tinder. But if he met her and was smitten by her, then why not? Maybe. Like, but, oh, this twin Tinder, these Tinder ladies. They're too superficial. I think you're being too defensive of your love of these characters. I think it's very... They were meant to be, Mike. How dare you? Okay, then maybe they would have swiped right. Fine. (laughs) Either way. You're the one saying this is a love story. Either way. (laughs) They they wouldn't have found Either way, today they both would have been on. Or at least rock. But this is is still a movie, right? We're saying uh, how technology... I, I don't, I've always approached this segment of the podcast no, just like, how, if you're making this movie now with the technology of today, how would it be different? You're still making a movie where they fall in love, right? Like, it, what's, what's that movie? Just okay. like, they never found each other. Okay, fine. <laughs> then instead of him going into the pet shop, then they meet on Tinder. If you want it to be that it's the same, but it's how technology would change it, then fine. In Creed, they don't meet online. The, they're neighbors. They live in the same apartment building. Okay. It's... I'm fine. It happens. I'm, I guarantee it happens all the time. It not does every, happen all the time. Not every couple met online. I'm not saying that it has to. What I'm saying is I have a segment here that says how technology <laughs> could change things. And you're that's just trying to fit the segment to your premise. You're, you're reverse engineering this. I'm not going to let you tear down Rocky for the benefit of this segment. How that's dare you? Rocky is more important. I'll tear this podcast down before I let you insult <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> Give me some other ideas then. What else have you got? Uh, well, I, that's basically all I had, although I also think that today people don't care about boxing, and maybe if you're starting this franchise from scratch now, it might be about MMA. But oh, MMA yeah. is a little more brutal. Well, I don't yeah. know. The fight at the end is pretty brutal, so I don't know. It's hard to say, but... You're right. It, boxing isn't nearly as prevalent, so you're probably right. It probably no. would have been something different. No one cares about boxing, unless an MMA fighter is boxing. <laughs> it's the only time anyone <laughs> in the last 10 years, Wait the only minute. fight anyone's Wait. ever cared about no. is when Conor McGregor boxed. No. when Floyd Mayweather has a fight, people pay attention. But he's, he doesn't fight against anybody. I, See, just, that's, that's the... I don't know how long Floyd Mayweather's been boxing, but like that's the... the uh, in Rocky Balboa, that's the Mason-Dixon scenario. That's what that movie's about, is Mason Dixon has nobody to box against because the sport has suffered so much. Yeah, no. So they roll Rocky's old bones out there, and that's how they, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's what they do. You're telling me Ed Rooney gets to roll their old bones <laughs> I, out there? I knew I was quoting something, but I couldn't remember what, so I'm glad you, you, made, you connected those dots. All right, well, I think we've covered technology pretty well. Uh, I mean, not well, but we covered it. I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine this movie in any other, and any of these movies. It's like these are just so like, you know, the concrete is hardened established in my brain. for you. Yeah, I've I've seen this movie I bet twenty times, maybe more. 
It sounds like it. Probably more. If you you probably watch it more than once a year. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, then you've seen it more than twenty. It's not. I I watch a Rocky movie once every uh, every month to two months, and I will say this is not on the top of the rotation. I'd say this is like fourth or fifth. Oh wow, I wouldn't have guessed that either. Maybe like every year and a half, I'll end up watching Rocky. All right, you've seen this twenty times, but I've seen Rocky four probably one hundred (laughs) and fifty times. Twenty times may seem like a lot, but it's not. All right, we gotta move on. All right, so a little details. Is yes. that it? All right, let's do it. What button is it? I forget. <laughs> One hundred and fifty. <laughs> I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, wait, is questions next? <laughs> do we have a button for this? What the hell? I'm so lost. Technology. This is all staying in. What is the what is the pl- what is the drop for? Little details. Oh, that, okay. That cardboard headstone tipped <laughs> over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. <laughs> it's my favorite one, too. I, I know. It's because it's, it's in a weird place on my soundboard. That's why. Oh, okay. I'm going to try and get the... I can't believe that you've watched Rocky Four more than 100 times. I'll bet 80 of those were before the age of 10. <laughs> I loved Rocky Four as a child. It was one of my favorite movies. Maybe my favorite movie. It's, it's oh. tough to beat Star Wars. <laughs> I can't believe Star Wars and Rocky IV are in the same conversation. They're very similar. All right, so I'm going to lead this off. I just I wanted to highlight that Spider Rico really is worthless because there's no upside to fighting Spider Rico. Because what I've got is if you win, you're just called a, a bum anyway. And that so I, I did the inflation adjusted for the split and the take. In oh, that fight. good. I'm glad. So seventeen dollars and twenty cents is what Spider gets for the fight. In 2017, because I don't think I had 2018. But data. wait, but before you do the conversion, did you notice there was a hidden five dollar fee? I did the math. He's like, "Here's what you get." I don't have it in front of me. I have a note somewhere, but it's like, "Here's what you get minus my, this, minus this, minus this." The Here's shower. your total. Didn't add up. There's a missing oh. five dollars. They they t- took an extra five bucks out and didn't for both of them and didn't justify. I it. did not. What a rip off. I think it was five bucks. I did the math. I'm like, that doesn't add up. They're, they didn't. They were owed an extra five bucks each. What a jerk that promoter. So is. I'd be curious to know what the, it would be with those extra five bucks in okay. your conversion. I mean, you can estimate. I'm just curious to know. So the seventeen twenty for Spider turns to forty dollars and fifty five cents. <laughs> Twenty-seventeen dollars. Okay, and for Rocky, uh, he got seventy-eight dollars and twenty-six cents, and that was one hundred and eighty-four dollars and fifty cents in twenty-seventeen dollars. That's before all of the fees, though, right? Doesn't he end up with like sixty bucks, like sixty twenty or something? I well, whatever the total. I I, I thought there were I thought there were fees. That come I out thought of that. that that was net of the fees, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay, I, I have the numbers somewhere in my notes, but I'm not going to find them. Either way, what I took away from this is Rock should just not fight. Yeah, I, th- the whole point of that scene is that it's so horribly low that they're, they're sacrificing their bodies for nothing. The scene later where Mickey says, like, ah, back in the day, they, I forget what he says, but something, he implies that, like, you know, in my day, they, they would throw us to the wolves and we got paid nothing. And it's like the same thing now, based on what Rocky and Spider Rico get. Yeah. I mean, Rocky got the winning share, and he, even still, that's like <laughs> 185 yeah, bucks. Nothing. I will say I, that that apartment couldn't have cost much, so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm sure he might have been able to get by. If he fought every two weeks like that and just didn't, you know, was careful about spending money. Well, Rock might have spent more on that mountain that that, that he bought for cuff and length <laughs> than, right. that he did on the apartment. Well, he had to get rid of it because they kept flipping over. <laughs> tipped over. <laughs> also, it was a line that I never picked up on. I probably have. It's just one of those things I, ne- I always forget. And then in the moment, I laugh at it because it's like, oh, right. That's it. it's, it's when Mickey's over there and he goes, ah, turtles. He's like, oh, domesticated turtles. 
Uh, he goes, they make good soap. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty good. Um, and Rocky does not, he's not happy with he's that. He's not happy with that at all. No, but it's Rocky and saying, well, let's cuff at the top, and then there's Link underneath him, and then the rest of them are marbles. <laughs> yes, I do remember. <laughs> I always forget about that line, and it always catches me off guard. Uh, so uh, I've got a few more, but what have you got? All right, so I want to talk about the opening scene. After the, that fight with Spider Rico, um, he's walking back to his apartment. And you kind of see the neighborhood, you see the pet shop, you see Mickey's gym, and he passes by some singers. Right? Yeah. They're around a yeah. fire, and they're, they're singing harmonies. Yeah. Okay? Nothing jumped out at you about the singers? No. I'll tell you what jumps out. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first Frank Stallone. That's story. right. We had to wait six episodes for Frank Stallone. Wow. He's the guy in a Letterman jacket. That, that is Frank Stallone's acapella group. <laughs> <laughs> playing those guys singing. Um, so Sly shoehorned them in? Yeah, well, he shoehorned them in twice because later when Rocky and Adrian are walking back from the ice rink and a guy just appears You're right. and he's like, a bum from the dock. Get a job, you bum. And that's, again, Frank Stallone wearing the same outfit. So oh, that's perfect. An extra uh, sting for Frank Stallone. <laughs> he appeared twice, so I got to give him two stings. That is great. I actually think, like, listening to those guys sing, they're actually not bad. It's one of those things. I, we make yeah. fun of Frank Stallone. I, I make fun of Frank Stallone a lot. He deserves it now because he put his foot in his mouth recently. So uh, I, he absolutely deserves to be ridiculed. Okay. I, uh, I don't keep up with Frank Stallone. It so. was in the news. He apologized for it, so I won't give him a hard time. But he All said right. a stupid thing about the Parkland kids. Okay. He was, well, he was bullying the Parkland kids, so right. what are you going to do? But yeah. I, anyway. Frank Stallone. I, ha- we have to call it out. So I miss the Frank Stallone. It's it uh, it's our Sven of this from uh, from our bad puns and machine guns. Well, this that song in particular that they're singing is called "Take It Back," and that song appears in all but two Rocky movies. Oh, Stallone keeps sneaking it in. He keeps sneaking in his uh, Frank song. <laughs> Take it back. Do 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 do. Take it back. So uh, I happen to notice this one. I, I'm not sure what it means. And I, I don't want to get too much into it, but did you happen to notice in the locker room at Mickey's, there's a <laughs> yes. no kissing yes. sign? I have a list of things that I d- literally had never noticed until this time, and that was one of them. No kissing. I, I mean, look, I again, did wonder about I, that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to jump to any... What, I, I don't have any issues. I'm just, I'm confused why it's in there. That's, that's all I'm, I just don't get it. It made me wonder if boxing uh, gyms and training gyms had a reputation for that. A kind of YMCA sort oh, of a thing. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I, maybe they did. I, I noticed that sign. I had never noticed it before. Okay. And I don't have an answer for you. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, what, what is that about? I don't know. Because it's not clear. Is it like, don't bring girls into the locker room? Well, or mean, is it, hey, you guys, keep your hands off each other? Like, yeah, yeah, it's not clear. I, it, it's not. I mean, I, I would guess it probably is that, yeah, because uh, women weaken legs. Sure. That... Don't bring. Well, he didn't say anything about men, so maybe that's like the loophole. <laughs> they gotta make the sign is the sign that. is to cover that loophole. Mick realized somebody got wise to him, right? He's yeah. like, oh, I gotta put up a sign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's an interesting idea. It's just like a legal thing, it's, you know, making sure he has all his bases covered. Yes. Yeah, I did find that strange. I had here's my list of things that I every time I watch a Rocky movie, I notice new things. That's probably right. the reason why I like them. And this this particular time, it was the no kissing sign in the locker room. I noticed Mr. Godso's asthma inhaler. I had never noticed that before. Oh, really? No, I'd, it's I mean, during the scene where he's chiding Rocky, saying, "Yeah, oh, you didn't, you know." He just no, casually, I, in the middle of the conversation of the scene, he yeah. pulls out an inhaler. I wondered if the actor actually had asthma and then he I just did. had it on just in case. I don't it, know. It could be, but I mean, they the you know, they let him use it in the right. scene. Yeah. This kind of thing where it's like, I never really noticed no, Mr. Godzilla's asthma. It was pretty prevalent to me. Okay. 
I mean, it's just it's just a casual. It's not commented yeah. on. It's just they're just talking about the scene. They're not, right. you know, it's I just never registered. Okay. I mean, yeah, it was one of those things. And then the other thing I, I again about Mr. Gazzo, uh, I never noticed that you know Rocky when he's heading into the ring for the fight. He stops and he goes, oh, thanks for coming. And he just points at someone and says, thanks for coming. It's so dark, I could never tell that he's talking to Mr. Gazzo. Really? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's Mr. Gazzo in there. Maybe oh, it's because, wow. like, watching an HD now, it's just, yeah. these are details that I never... No, at least when, when I was watching, I mean, I was watching your, your copy of it right. in HD, which maybe helped even more because I wasn't watching my old DVD. But no, I'm like, oh, yeah, Mr. Gazzo, he's, the, he's mo- Mobster Claws, as you said. He shows yeah. up. Well, they cut to him a bunch of times in the crowd cheering for Rocky. So it's like, you uh, know he's there. I'm not saying I never noticed him in the crowd i never noticed him in that moment because i always you know rocky says oh thanks for coming and i could never tell who he's talking to but it's mr gazzo he like comes yeah. over to the aisle he, he comes yeah. he's, he's in the middle he comes over and like tries to shake rocky's hand yeah. so just a thing i noticed i had uh so a couple more uh dollars of what's going on so one hundred and fifty thousand to fight just to fight apollo yeah and I mean, that's, that's a lot of money today uh it is six hundred eighty two thousand four hundred and eighty eight dollars and twenty seventeen dollars that really puts the start of Rocky II in context. <laughs> okay. I kind of I shouldn't talk about it now, but... Uh, All right. It doesn't go very far. <laughs> just, let's talk about it next time. That's what happens with many athletes. I'm sorry for spoiling. I'm, I'm, more, I'm mostly sorry f- to spoil it for you. I know you've seen all these, but it's like, I'm sure a lot of these details you don't oh, remember. I don't remember at all. Uh, so then I also have the noted $3,000 for the advertising <laughs> yep. on the robe that... Rock only gets a robe. And then Paulie wastes $250. I don't know. Is she a prostitute? She's a date. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never been sure who that lady is. What, where do you get $250 from? Are you he, just estimating that's no, how much it would have cost him? He says it in there. That, Does he? What? Yeah, my date here. I think he lowballs it and says cost $200. And then she's like, $250. When does that happen? It's right there in the, in the fight. During the fight? Well, Who is he talking to? As Rocky's walking in. Oh, I don't know if I've ever registered what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, pull it up now if you want. If I kind of I, I want to. Just yeah. take a break and pull it up. All right. Because I'm just to make sure I'm not crazy, but I'm like 99% sure. I mean, it makes sense because I've <laughs> and, always wondered who that lady was. And I'm just going to say right now that three grand. Could Paulie have at least put, I mean, it looks so half-assed to me. <laughs> well, it's just know. like bolted on. It doesn't, it doesn't look centered. It doesn't even look like cloth. It's like they took a sign <laughs> off the wall yes. and strapped it to his back. <laughs> Found a way to like tape it on his back. Well, you know that that robe is obviously so junky. Like the comments, like a little baggy. This robe. Um, <laughs> That's all Rocket. What's funny to me is uh, they're still referencing that robe in Rocky too. <laughs> this is barely a spoiler, but it's like at the end. Uh, I'm mute while we find that clip. At the end, uh, before the Rocky two fight, when he's walking in, he's like, "Oh, I like this robe much better than that baggy one from the last time." <laughs> Even in Rocky two, they're still ragging on this robe. That's great. But Paulie still has his three grand. Oh yeah, I'm sure he kept the three grand. So yeah, let's find this clip. I mean, it's pretty close to the end. The thing about this movie is the sound. It's a 70s movie, and it's shot very kind of verite. Like it's almost like shot like a documentary. Like a lot of shots are just like out of focus, and you know, it's that it's kind true. of just grabbed. All these shots are just kind of grabbed. Yeah, here we go. So, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, it's when he's coming in, right? Yeah, it's when he's coming in here. Oh, here we go. You need some audio. Cost me two hundred dollars. Oh, I, I gotta go. I gotta work. How's the road? I'm back. Yes, go back and get the full... I don't think I ever registered that he's talking about her. You know, because go back and listen to the whole idea, because he's like, hey, I need you like my date. Cost me $200. $250. Listen to the whole audio. I'm, I'm like 99% You know, I think a lot of... I think... Okay. Look at my date. Cost me $200. $250. Oh, I, I 
gotta go, I gotta work. How's the road? Look at my date, cost me $200. $250. I'll tell you what this is. This is a culprit of, you know how when you see a movie as a kid and you you register a thing in one way and then you just never think about it again? I I've just, never thought about it. I've just it. woken you up. You have. I mean, it's fine. I, I, it answers the, qu- the question of who is this girl that is with Paulie. This, <laughs> Paulie uh, used some of that Shamrock Meats money. Oh, clearly. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, I will say this. I, we can say for a fact that he didn't get the full, the full use of this date, I'll say, as presuming that she's still a prostitute. We see the immediate, uh, immediately after this fight in Rocky Two. Okay. So I don't remember that. Nothing so. happens. Well, uh, so he wasted two hundred and fifty dollars. I don't. I guess so. Well, because as a kid, I think I just probably assumed that he had to buy a ticket. Oh. It's like I, you know, Rocky. He's nobody. Why? He's not going to get a ticket. That's probably true, but it's not going to cost two hundred dollars, and she's not going. Well, I don't know that, a, that it costs two fifty instead. That's true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would have thought of that as a kid. It's just one of those things. I kind of wonder too if, like, just on the spot, she was increasing the price. <laughs> right. But they like, hadn't quite settled on it. Exactly. They hadn't agreed on a price, and she's now because you know he's he's shown. Hey, look what I've what I've accomplished, Rock. She's like, all right, now I'm going to up the price. I mean, this is totally fitting with Paulie's character, obviously, in this yes. from this movie, but even in later movies, there's a moment in Rocky Three. Where he and Rocky have a conversation. Essentially, we get a sense of how lo- Rocky lost his virginity, and, and it's, it's this sort of this sort of a thing. It was okay. arranged by Paulie. It's like I'm not going to spoil it too much, but it's like you get a sense of it. All right. So it totally makes sense. It's just one of those things that yeah, I probably heard that dialogue when I was ten and didn't understand what they were talking about, and just never thought about it again. I mean that that's I was saying that a lot of this movie kind of has audio that you can't quite hear. Oh yeah, no, and uh, that, but that's very clear that the the idea or the concept of something that you were too young to understand and it taking you a long time to yeah. fully fathom. I can give you two examples so you feel better. Uh, I had three movies that were on the same VHS tape that were bootlegged for me as a kid from I think probably HBO or whatever one was early because we had a VCR pretty early. I had, and this is probably the reason I, I, I think that I like quality movies, is that I had Airplane, Caddyshack, and Ghostbusters all on the same tape. That's a pretty good tape. That's about as good of a tape as you can get. So there's two from different, so two examples. The drinking problem joke in Airplane. Sure. I'm embarrassed to admit it took me somewhere in my 20s to fully get like what the drinking problem was, but it's the reverse. I like I thought from the adult perspective, and probably because somebody had taught me when I was young, about alcoholism being a, quote, drinking problem. So right. it took me forever to, like, get, no, it's because he's pouring it on him, and he doesn't actually, I, like, didn't get the joke. You didn't understand that those two things are related? I have a drinking problem. Also, I have a problem with pouring water on myself, I, I, and those two I, things are unrelated. It took me so long. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get it. I, I've, I've had these things, too. I just can't think of any examples I f- other than this. I f- I, and I felt so stupid. I'm like, what a moron. For decades, <laughs> right. you have not gotten the joke, and I finally got it somewhere in my 20s. And the other one, this one is a little bit more adult. I didn't understand, and especially since I think in TV adaptations or, or edited, it gets, the scene gets changed or removed. In mm. Ghostbusters, Ray's dream sequence totally did not... Yeah, that's a great example. Went way over my head as a kid. Yeah, that, and also the same thing for me, where it took me until took, my, my 20s, which was like, oh, whoa, whoops. wait. <laughs> That's in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'll bet I saw. I, I yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly the, yeah. the the same kind of thing. It's one of those things you saw as a kid. You stopped thinking about it. You went like, oh, it's just you know. I mean, that ghost does unzip Ray's pants, so it's like. <laughs> 
Yeah, but and he goes cross-eyed. Yeah, and he goes cross-eyed. No, when you're an adult, it's like, oh, man. I'm I'm still shocked that it's, like, in that movie. No, I mean, here's another thing I've never noticed, including the asthma and all that stuff. Like, you've opened my eyes to this. Uh, I think right. I think also part of it is I kind of tune out until, like, okay, entrances. I get what's happening here. Like, there's no plot happening. They're just walking to the, yeah. you know, but... That's all a detail right. I never noticed. Uh, well, while we're, while I've we're, only got really one more that I really want to cover. Well, I've got a bunch more to talk right, about, well, but I'll, I'll cut it short. But while, while we're we haven't played a lot of clips on on uh, Arms Race podcast, but since we're we're playing clips, I'm just gonna play this clip. It makes me laugh so much. It's not supposed to. I don't think it undermines the moment, but and this is one of those things again. It's like I never noticed it, and once I noticed it, it just every time makes me laugh. It's okay. after it's the it's the very end uh, after the fight. Really? Okay. It's a, an exchange between Rocky and a reporter after the fight. It has to do with kind of Stallone, you know, he's obviously kind of mumbly already, but yeah. okay, I'm just going to turn on the, the, the sound here. Uh, it's, 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 what, it's the last thing that a reporter says. Here, this part. Is there going to be a rematch? No! You heard him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Uh, I want to play it again. I just want you to notice it. You heard him, ladies and gentlemen. He's just talking gibberish. Like, literally, if you turn the subtitles on, it does not subtitle that. It's just oh, like... You heard him, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but damn do. Every time that makes me laugh. If it's the climax of the movie, I'm not supposed to be laughing, but... All right, well, I've got one before this. That it's probably the line that made me laugh the hardest, and I don't remember it. Okay. But it's so perfect. Is when Creed's coming out, and you know he's throwing the coins, he's George Washington, and he's changed, I want you! Rocky's line... <laughs> He looks like a big flag. <laughs> he looks like a big flag. Oh, it's delivered. I don't know if it's intentionally or not, but oh, it that's, that's, is so funny. <laughs> I think that's intentionally funny. The, the Rocky series is really, really good at putting funny moments in in the moment when the opponent's coming out. Rocky's always... He looks like a big flag. He looks like a big flag. Because it's true, but it's <laughs> so perfect. It is really funny. Um, that Every single movie... Wh- whoever the opponent is, when they're coming out, Rocky or or Mick or you yeah. know uh, Duke, you know later, somebody says something funny. My favorite one. I'm going to spoil it a little. bit. It's just a joke. I'm spoiling. But in Rocky three, where he, he has the charity match with Hulk Hogan as Thunder Lips, and <laughs> Rocky's like, "There's a he's a big guy. How much do you think he eats?" And Mickey goes, "About 202 pounds." And then the ring announcer, weighing at 202 pounds, Rocky Balboa, <laughs> and then. <laughs> They cut back to Mickey, who has the biggest uh, shit-eating grin on his face. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> that is great. It's 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 how proud Mickey is of his joke. <laughs> it makes me laugh. It's so it's like he set that right up oh, in front yeah. of him, and I jumped up and I spiked it. Pretty much every movie has that moment of <laughs> there's some kind of quip as the opponent's entering the ring. I'm now I'm going to be really excited. Listen, because I yeah, about two hundred and two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rocky Two has one. I can't remember what it is, but I'm pretty sure. As one, we never really talked about the ending and the fact that Rocky loses. I mean, we talked, we mentioned it, but I will say, comparing with a later, it's hard to talk about these things without spoiling later movies. But I think the one thing that really this movie gets is that Rocky does not care whether he won or lost. Yeah, 
And the ending reflects that, where they announced that Apollo 1, it's like almost in the background. Like, you almost don't even notice. Oh, it's hard to tell. It's, I mean, ha- it's hard, because Rocky's not paying attention. I think that's what the movie's getting at. It's like, Rocky isn't even listening. He's no. already accomplished what he set out to accomplish. Yeah, and so that's the one thing about this, um, if I begrudgingly admitted to you that it was a sports movie. What I do really appreciate is that it doesn't go where so many movies would go to have the underdog not only go the distance, but win. Is that no? It to me, it's realistic because if you've got this this kind of fight that you had, do you really think if it wasn't that Rocky knocked him out, do you think that the judges would probably award it to Rocky Balboa? No, probably not. Wait, sorry, you think that none of the judges would have given it to Rocky? Uh, what I'm saying is that not enough of them for it to have to sway that it was a split decision that in Balboa's favor. It absolutely would they would have split in Creed's favor. I'm not following what you're saying. You're saying it wouldn't have been split? Or all of the judges would have gone to Creed? No, what I'm saying is that in, in, the, in the real world, if it was a split decision, meaning if the, a fight went the distance this way and right. you had to have the judges, right. there's no way that Rocky would have won that decision. He may have had one judge that had gone his way, but I, I, there's no way I would believe in a split decision that ultimately an unknown would have unseated the heavyweight champion. I don't know enough about how those decisions are made. I mean, I, I, I know they're scoring and there's, you know, a knockdown affects the scoring. Like they, they each knocked each other down once. I think, I think only Rocky only goes down once. Yes. And Rocky knocks Creed down in the first round and then Rocky goes down in the 14th. Uh, I think that's it. So like knockdowns are even, it's like a question I, of who wins how many yeah, rounds. Either I think way it's to me, kind of arbitrary is that in it some does, ways. It, it doesn't do the cliche is that Rocky doesn't win. I mean, he, he oh, wins for his goal, but he doesn't win the fight. Oh, yeah, and I think that's the right decision for sure. I, all, all I was saying is uh, I think that later movies where they do a sim- they try a similar thing, they miss the point that it should be an afterthought. The winner of the bout, Rocky doesn't care about it, and he's not listening, which is why it feels like an afterthought for the movie. I think later movies, I'm not going to say which movies, just not whatever. I'm sure people have seen all these movies, but still. In Rocky movies in which it has a similar thing, yeah. Those movies put way too much focus on the outcome of just like gotcha. who won, you know. Like there's like a tension built into it. Like, the movie, there's no tension. No. The movie's not building up like who won. Oh, no, you're focused on Adrian and exactly. Rocky. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that's a mistake that later movies make that this movie doesn't. I just want to while we were here, and I just wanted to, yeah. it popped in my mind. All right, I got a couple more little right, details I want to talk about. Them. One thing I like, and I think it's most prominent in this movie. We've talked about Stallone naming characters. Yeah. It frequently is very silly, especially later in Stallone's screenwriting career. In this movie, he is great at naming fictional boxers, especially when they don't even appear on screen. This okay. movie name drops like at least 12. I've got the list here. Boxers that don't even appear, just mentioned offhandedly in a scene. We've got Kid Brooks, Sugar Johnson. Those are the two lightweights that fight after the Spider Rico Spider-Rico fight. Yeah. Uh, well, there's Dipper, the guy who took Rocky's locker. I like Dipper. Mackley Green. Ernie Roman, Buddy Shaw, Billy Snow, Big Chuck Smith, Bobby Judge, Joe Zack, Guinea Russell, which I, I don't know if that's supposed to be. Oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't. Have, a racial yeah, epitaph. maybe I shouldn't have said it. I was just reading the list. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot that one is not so good. <laughs> and then Sailor Mike is maybe my favorite. Oh, one. Sailor Mike. That's a guy that uh, Mickey says he fought in the 20s. I fought Sailor Mike. <laughs> Sailor Mike. What I, a great name for a boxer. I would pay to see the Sailor Mike Mickey fight. Yeah, I forget which one, because one of them, he get knocked the guy out of the get ring. Get that Rocky Balboa simu- ESPN simulator and get the Mickey Sailor Mike yeah. simulator. Oh, that's the one. I, I have the note here. He says, it was a good fight. I got the clipping right here, and he pulls out the clipping. So Rocky may have seen the clipping yeah. from Sailor Mike. 
So I just enjoy all the names. We've talked about Stallone naming characters when he writes screenplays. So I think all of those are plausible boxer names. Or just and, <laughs> and the ones that do get screen time, Apollo Creed is an awesome name. Yeah, it really and is. And even Spider Rico, for what Spider Rico is, is perfect. But Apollo Creed is... Is like the Cadillac of names. I don't know if Spider is all that threatening as a boxer. Uh, I don't know if that's... I assume that's a nickname and that is given no, name. No, yeah, I don't think that's his given name. Um, whereas Apollo, I think we're supposed to believe is that's his actual given yeah. name. Well, I've always assumed even that. if it's not... In a, if it's a stage name, it's a great stage name. If it's, a, it's Apollo Creed, it's so awesome. Yeah, it's an amazing name. Yeah. Thank goodness, because obviously later, Creed has become... The, the time has been right. passed off to the Creed name. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, they're shooting Creed 2 right now, which I'm, I'm really excited about. I'm sure you are. I've, I've, I've already seen I'm too much. I'm excited, too. I shouldn't say that. Um, I really... I mean, I'm not as huge of a fan as the Rocky movies. You, not even close. I really enjoyed Creed. I think you pull that, and it's... Even if that's not... If you've never seen any Rocky movie, you go into that. That's a really good movie. And you don't need the backstory of the Rocky movies, I think, to enjoy Creed. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, I was talking about half this movie being out of focus. John G. Avildsen, who directed this movie, and then he came back for Rocky Five. I don't think he's that great a director, to be honest with you. I think this movie works because of its screenplay and not because of the direction. And then Stallone directed all of them up until Creed, other than one and five. I think he's he's a decent director. He's fine. You know, he's, he's competent, but I wouldn't call him a great director. Creed... That's like the first Rocky movie that is like, that's a real director. Um, I'm trying to blank on the director's name, directed Black Panther. who's not like the third highest grossing movie ever. So the Rocky series will never get him back. But uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, I know it. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Ah, it's going to kill me. He's now the most famous director in the world and can't remember his name. But Creed, the one thing I love about Creed is that is such a well-directed movie. It's like a beautiful movie in a way that Rocky movies never are. You know, like, no, I wouldn't call this movie. This, I mean, it's kind of the point of this movie. It is gr- it's ugly and kind of down and gritty. Ryan Coogler. Yes, thank you, Ryan uh, Coogler. And and I re- and that's some that's another reason that kind of adds to it for me with the movie Creed is that you can just take that in a vacuum in itself and not need to know any of the other movies. It's just yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's the only Rocky movie that actually looks beautiful. So I'm hoping that Creed Two kind of lives up to that. I mean, Ryan Coogler's not coming back. But That's the, too bad. The things that I have seen about Creed 2 I'm excited about in terms of like, like, like we were saying earlier, I'm not going to give any specifics about the things that I know, but the fact that Rocky 4 is this weird outlier in the franchise, and I don't know how much you know about what Creed 2 is about. I, I know. I don't little, know anything. Okay, so. that's good. Keep it that way. But one thing I really liked about Creed is the way that it kind of brought Rocky 4 back into the fold a little bit, where they talk about it like, oh yeah, my dad died in the ring, etc. Talking about the events of Rocky 4, and it's like, just doing that made Rocky Four feel more a part of the whole in a way that it never did before. It always gotcha. felt like a weird outlier. And it seems like they're going even more in that direction in terms of trying to bring the whole series and make it more coherent. And gotcha. So that's, not, that's, that's interesting to me. So it doesn't feel like it's just one that Stallone wanted to try and have Belbella and the Cold War. Uh, well, I, I, guess, I guess I'll say there's the potential to redeem that ridiculous premise. The whole like, Rocky wins the Cold War. I think there's a way to redeem that. <laughs> But they re- there's also the potential to really screw that up. So it's a little worrying, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't want to say what I'm talking about. The people who know all right, all what, right. what if you know anything about the premise of Creed 2, you know what I'm talking about. Just that, yeah. you know, so I, I, I don't want to say too much. But anyway, Look, so looking at my notes, I got one more that I do want to cover. I also have one more. So it, go for it's it. It's a great moment. And again, the Carl Weathers, Carl Weathers reaction to when. The, I think oh, the line yes. is actually said by the commentators, too, that Creed can't believe it. Yeah, that's an amazing moment. 
that is probably the best single example of Carl Weathers is a really good actor. He's not, and he looks the part, right? That's important. You want him to look like a boxer. Right. Carl Weathers 100% sells that. It's pro- it might be like the, the best single moment in the movie is his reaction of, I can't believe I got to go back and keep punching at this guy. It's, at, it's for sure the best moment in the fight. Oh, yeah, it's, without a doubt. It's kind of what I was getting at earlier is the fact that the, the montage and the fight are kind of the prototypes that the rest of the movie is built on. There's nothing really that remarkable in this fight. It's just like, okay, they're fighting. You know, it's, the, it's the standard Rocky formula of you see round one in its entirety. You see round two in its entirety. Three through 14 is a montage. <laughs> and then you see round 15 in its entirety. <laughs> Pretty much every Rocky fight from here on, except for Rocky three. So because that's, there's nothing else to it, 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 it feels like less interesting than the subsequent fights in later movies. But yeah, none of the other movies have a moment even close to that. That's a great it's moment. Such a good ring. Carl Weathers really sold it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I forgot about this until just now, but uh, a couple weeks ago, somebody posted somewhere like behind the scenes footage of Stallone and Carl Weathers choreographing the fight because the two of them choreographed it themselves. Oh, wow. They didn't have money to hire a fight choreographer. Which I think Stallone continued to choreograph the fights for a good long while in the series, so for better and for worse. Maybe part of what I was talking about earlier, maybe they're being a little faky, but whatever. They work fine. But in this video, he comments that, like, this is why you have hire an actor and not a boxer to play this part. Is because, you know, he was, he was like talking to someone who was just filming, like, behind the scenes footage. He's like, yeah, we were looking at some boxers to play this. Like, I think Joe Frazier, who appears in this movie briefly, yep. I think they were considering him to play it. And when they decided not to, they, like, threw him a bone, like, yeah, you can just come appear in yeah. the movie. But Stallone was saying, like, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to hire a boxer for to play this part. You need an actor. Which, but of course, later in the series, he just is hiring boxers. <laughs> he throws that all out the window. So yeah, I don't know. But I I agree with seventy five. Oh, yeah. Stallone, like, no, you want an actor. You better to have an actor. You're in spending those far more time doing non boxing that you need to be able yeah. to act. Let's remember us this conversation when we get to, in particular, <laughs> Rocky Balboa and uh, and Creed in terms of like. The opponent never has a moment like that. You, you don't have any sense of what the opponent's thinking because they're not actors. Yeah. You know, uh, what's uh, Antonio Tarver, who plays Mason the Lion Dixon. It's like, at no point in that fight are you ever getting a sense of what he's thinking. He's just, it's just fists flying at Sylvester Stallone. That's all it is. Well, e- even if they could act, that would be really tough to top because it, it's a great moment. It's been said before in this podcast, and I don't think either of us can say it enough. Carl Weathers is a great actor, and... Even still, somehow underrated. Yeah. And, you know, we brought up him on Arrested Development and how hilarious he is on that. And it's like, <laughs> that's hard to do comedy. And he, he, he killed sold, it. He absolutely sells it. Yeah. For, for, a not, for somebody who was an athlete first, right? Not an actor. Comedy is far harder than drama to do. And he pulls it off 100%. No, he's, he's a great actor. Yeah. And I, I, he, you know, he's still alive and doing well. I, I, I think he could still be in movies. Even movies that I don't like. Happy Gilmore, I don't like that movie, but he's so funny in it that oh. I can kind of, I can make it through. It's, it's funny that you, so of, of the sports movies that I'm like, yeah, I should have grown out of whatever. I have to admit, I still do kind of like Happy Gilmore. I do too, but I think he's a big reason why. He, I will say he is a big part of the reason why, because Chubbs, <laughs> Chubbs Peterson is great. 
it's everything except Adam Sandler is what's funny. Bob Barker is funnier than oh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> that, Bob Barker is outstanding. That huge guy, your ball struck my oh, foot. <laughs> Mr. Nelson and Shooter. I mean, to be honest, Shooter McGavin. You want to talk about yes, a great example exactly. of a, like a fun villain? And he's more of a villain antagonist. Shooter McGavin. To this day, I still like Shooter. And not like, but I like to dislike Shooter McGavin. We all thought that Adam Sandler was funny back then. We only now realize that that movie is funny in spite of <laughs> everybody around him. It's everybody around him. All right, I have one last uh, uh, note. Last detail. So I only did this because of the rabbit hole I went down in Copland where I decided to find out what uh, NBA game uh, yes. Figsy bet on. Was it Figsy? No, it wasn't Figsy. Uh, no, it, it was, was uh, not Superboy. It was uh, Peter Berg's yeah, character. Yeah, Peter Berg's character, whatever his name was. You know, yeah, it'll come doesn't matter. At what point, after Stallone comments on the birds looking like flying candy, he invites. Uh, you remember? You're, you're, yeah. you're acting like you don't remember no, that no, line. I'm, but that's I'm another to, line that makes me laugh. Don't these birds look like candy? You know, like flying candy. I'm trying to think of where you're going with this. <laughs> he invites her to a game. He says, "Oh, it's a good basketball game at the Spectrum tonight. You want to go?" Oh, she yeah. She kind of doesn't respond, and he drops it. So we knew we know exactly what day that is because he, his fight is on November 25th. We get a title card at the beginning. Yeah. And then I looked up 1975. Thanksgiving is on the 27th. So this has to be the 26th the scene is set on. Was there a game? I went, let me see if there was a game going on. There was not a game in the 26th. There was a game in the 25th. So just in case you were wondering, the 76ers beat the Golden State Warriors <laughs> 109 to 108 on November 25th, 1975. Oh, Dr. Doug, J? Uh, no, this is before Dr. J. Dr. Okay. J was on the Nets at the time, the ABA. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Doug Collins, 26 points wow. for the 76ers. And Rick Barry had 25 points for the losing Warriors. So... Just uh, another okay. opportunity for retro basketball update. There you go. Do you do you want a side note that I didn't put in the history that I thought about? Please do. At the time, Rick Barry had just, in November, had established the longest consecutive free throw streak in NBA history. Oh, there you go. 60 in a row. So I wonder if so this it had game... been broken at some you know at some point in November when it you know fell to that it was just sixty. Maybe it was in this game that it, he broke the record. It might have been. Uh, I, I always go to basketballreference.com, which is just statistics. So I maybe you know I, I would not have known. I, only, I didn't read any kind of like news reports. I just I, looked at the. I had already had so much sports stuff in there. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do. It. I should have done it though because you like the NBA more than I do. Like the NBA, but uh, you know I, I, I'm going to stop doing this. But I just figured you know what? Hey, I it's. I'm not going to make this a, a, a like a running. Now, this is going to be a new segment. <laughs> Kevin randomly looks at old basketball <laughs> box scores. Now, like a, but now I know the Silk Cozar corner is not going to be this basketball score. No, that wasn't enough. It was just one game. All right. So anyway, move on to questions. Yep. Or you get anywhere? Right, let's do it. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. This episode is already like bad puns length. So that's all right. <laughs> so let's try and get through these. All right. So I've got one for you. Which crowd do you think is tougher? The Rico Balboa crowd or the crowd at the Rhinestone? Ooh, they're both tough, man. Well, because that Rico—I mean, that, Rock wins the fight, and people are yes angry at him. Well, I think it, he, the fight only went two rounds, which I think is part of the reason why they're angry. It's like we were we were here for a fight, and the fight was over too fast. <laughs> but that said, I think the Rhinestone crowd is tougher because that the crowd in the opening sequence there of Rocky. They're there to see a fight, and they're unsat- They're not satisfied with the quality of the fight, I think, is what's going on there. The rhinestone crowd is there just to deliberately to boo the, the amateurs. Yeah, they are the opponents. It's like <laughs> the, the boxers have they're each other's opponents. The crowd's just there to watch and react. No, the rhinestone, they're, right. they're the opponents. I'm not right? going to disagree with you. I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good question, Bryce. I would say the rhinestone crowd is tougher. All right. Those people are awful. I, I, I can never... <laughs> I mean, in both movies, they're awful. <laughs> 
Oh, well, you know what? I may change my tune because the rhinestone crowd does come around at the end, whereas they're still calling Rocky a bum. You're right, even after he wins. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I do like All that right. one guy who comes up in the middle of the fight. Like, I got a bet saying who won't make it three rounds. How you feeling? <laughs> um, it just says everything you need to know about this fight. Yeah. I was going to say, I never, I can never tell if this, is this fight actually taking in a church? Does it seem like? Because that's what it seems like to me. The opening shot is on like a stained glass image of Christ and it pans down. That's, so, I, I took it as it was a church. Okay. Just, I'm like, man, the church is in Philly. <laughs> hey, the church has got to make some It's a tough money. town, I know. Yeah, you know, I'm sure uh, donations are down. They got to, they got to pad the till or something else. Probably. I've always assumed that it was a church, but it's so dark, I've never been able to tell. So, yeah, that's, right. that's always what I assumed. What do you got? Okay. So, Rocky. When he comes into the pet shop and he sees Butkus there, and he goes, oh, Butkus, how you doing? Do you think Rocky named him just before he even owns this dog, oh. he has named him? Or do you think that dog came in already named Butkus? It's a pretty old dog. It's a pretty old dog. Obviously, Stallone named him for real, but yeah. I'm just saying in the fiction. It's a good question. So I think Adrian says that you know nobody came to claim him or whatever. So right. I, I would go with that he was somebody else's dog that either didn't want to or couldn't take care of. Somehow there's not like a humane society. They just took him to a pet store. I guess. So I, I think I think Butkus already had a name that Rock didn't give him. The, the name. previous owner is named him Butkus. Yeah. So I've always wondered about that because living in Chicago, Butkus seems yeah. like a Chicago name. It's yeah. like what? Why someone would a, in Philadelphia named him Butkus? Yeah, it would seem like if you're going to be a sports sports themed dog in Philly, yeah. Butkus would not be the name. There was a football player in Chicago named Dick Butkus. I'm yeah. sure well, a lot of people Hall are not going to know that. A yeah, Hall of Fame middle linebacker. Yeah, but people, not Americans, don't care about They're not going to know That's Dick, true. Dick Butkus is. But it just seems strange to me. I mean, Stallone named him for real Butkus. I wonder where Why? Stallone get that name. Yeah, yeah, I'm just curious. It's a good question. All right, so I want to ask about um, a couple of things about Jurgens. So, one, why is he just wandering around the arena? <laughs> yeah, he knows that too. I mean, really late because Rock can't sleep. So it's either really late or really early. I, I wasn't 100% sure. I think it was really late, though. He's not just wandering around. He appears like a ghost. <laughs> Rocky's in the ring, and suddenly in the center of the seats, there's right. George Jurgens. Where did he come from? Okay. It's Rocky, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing here, George Jurgens? <laughs> so I got one more thing about, the, about that scene. Okay. Rock. Rock is concerned about the the stripe and you know the pant colors. Yeah. Did he see the drawing or the painting of himself? Because <laughs> it is a horrific likeness of Rocky Balboa. Yeah, but he's got low self esteem, so he probably just figures like, yeah, that's about right. He's maybe got body dismorphism. Maybe right, but I mean Apollo. I mean Apollo kind of looks great. It's not a perfect Apollo, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Rock looks really bad. I never really thought about it, but look, thinking about what that thing looks like, yeah, you're you right. go back and look at it. It looks really it bad. It is caveman esque. Yeah, it yeah. Now that you mention it, so I just am like Rock. That's the least of that painting's problems is that it's got the color pattern wrong. You know, the, the thing that I always think of. Of, during that scene is those banners are blocking a good chunk of seats like are, <laughs> are they not planning to sell out or are people just screwed like if they sell that place out you know obstructed view is right they can't even see the ring you can see nothing yeah you just see the back of, of, of uh, the rocky flag or whatever well i do think that scene is put in there just to cover like for whatever reason, Stallone was really concerned with those kind of continuity errors. Like, he f I think he told John Avelson, like, I, I want to point out that it doesn't match. Otherwise, people will like catch it. And there's something else, too, where there's like a continuity error or some kind of like a thing like that that the movie tries to justify. Oh, his, his broken, his nose never been broken. 
Oh, okay. Where it was like, it's one of those weird things. It's like only Stallone would think people would care. It's like, but I, I remember reading about like, Stallone put it in the script because he was worried people would say, how is this guy a boxer who scored 50 yeah. fights and look at this nose? No, so he wrote it in saying, I never had my nose broken. It's yeah, like, that's, who would even notice or care? That, I, well, at least no, I wouldn't have. It, it's interesting because people who are true boxing fans absolutely would have. I mean, probably. But. I, I, I guess I noticed the dialogue and thought, oh, that's a good... That's a smart play for people that would care about boxing. That How does this guy kind of have a really good-looking face if he's been in a lot of fights? I guess I don't necessarily expect like, an actor to look exactly like the character. Like You kind of like... I don't know. I guess I guess it doesn't quite fit his character because so much of the Rocky, his style is just he can take a lot of punishment. Yeah. And so that being like, but and yet he's never had his nose broken. It's like he leads with his face. The whole fight, he's just sticking <laughs> his face out and getting punched. Because nobody has their guard up. I guess just no one hit him in the nose hard enough to break his nose. Apparently but, not. But anyway, okay. I've got a few more, so what do you got? i got a few more. I want to talk about the press conference where right, he introduced Rocky. That. And that's a good that. one. Um, that's the other example of Creed being very kind of boisterous and be like, you know, if you can't fight, you know, he can cook and all that stuff. Yeah. I love how he's Rocky's lurking in the background for the first half. Yeah. Of it. He's such an afterthought. And then like, Rock, come up here. Oh, wait, we got to ask him some questions. But here's my question about this press conference. All right. It's obviously not live because they're watching it. Rocky is sitting watching himself yeah. on TV. And he mentions Adrian. This is a, yeah. Exactly. Why does the broadcast leave that stuff in? He goes, well, first of all, he goes, yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky, which is hilarious. <laughs> You're right, though. Why would they? That absolutely. Why would they leave that? And then, he, like, some guys are like, all right, you're done. Like, okay, stop pushing me. And, like, the whole, like, scuffle. They left it into this taped, you know, presentation. That's not, not live. Absolutely. They would not have left that in there. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No, that's a good catch. I didn't think about that See, at all. I, I, I asked this question, and I have a possible explanation. All right. So if you don't have one, I have I, I'm going to be my own devil's advocate for this one, but. I think that Paulie is an early adopter of VCRs. He taped an <laughs> earlier live broadcast, right? VCR. I don't think VCRs were out. In no, they're, I think they were starting to come out. They okay. were very expensive and like a new technology. I mean, I know in the early 80s because I had that tape that I referenced. But. V- VCRs existed in the 70s. I don't know if VHS did yet. I think it was just beta at first. Maybe, 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 there may have even been like an earlier technology. Okay. I think there were VCRs. All right. I'll, I'll give you. I'll just give it to you. Okay. So you think That's Paul how he- advanced he is then maybe. He's just got an in... in you know, it fell off a truck. He knows he got it with Mr. Gazzo and said, hey, I, I want a VCR. And All right. He taped the, you know, the broadcast live. I didn't play it back that, for, for Rocky. Why that stuff is left in. That is gold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you got? All right. So I've got one here. So can uh, you said it's, he didn't have a name until later movies, but Duke, right? That's the trainer. Yeah. Tony Duke Evers. All right. So I think it's the scene where Rock is breaking the ribs and he's getting a little nervous. Yeah. Can I ask you this? I think it's this scene. Why is his shirt wide open just <laughs> sitting in Jurgen's office because it was the 70s <laughs> I love that explanation that's the only explanation but <laughs> that's a legit question on my part right that he's I mean he's just sitting there in the boxing promoter's office shirt is wide open well where's I mean, that, I guess that's the office where Jurgens brings in Rocky and yeah, pitches no, him on it. That's so, Jurgens' office. Right. So this is in Philadelphia. Yeah. I was going to say, like, maybe this is in L.A. and it's hot, but it's like, no, this is November in Philadelphia. It's no, not it's hot in that room. not at all. That's just, he just wants to be comfortable. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. There are a couple of scenes. I'm, I'm thinking, I, I, I knew we forgot a couple of scenes I want to talk about. Uh, I'm sorry to back up. We never talked about the scene where Jurgens offers Rocky the fight and he refuses and all that. Jurgens' speech... It's one of those speeches I want to memorize 
It's like certain scenes from movies. It's yeah. just like I want to know them, like that Fargo scene, the <laughs> Mr. Moira and Officer Olsen. That, that, All I, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but you know, I, I it, have that scene. It's pre- one of my favorites. I have that scene pretty close to memorized. I, I want to get Jurgens because his whole thing about like Rocky. Do you believe that America is the land of opportunity? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Apollo Creed does. <laughs> but his his cadence and everything about that scene. I love Jurgens. He never comes back. Sadly, I'm so I love this character. And it's the way he's just like he's going to prove it to the entire world by giving an unknown. A shot at the title. <laughs> it's almost like a Casey Kasem cadence. Yeah, like, it I, is. I love the way he delivers that and whole now, thing. On with the countdown, <laughs> exactly. And then the whole thing of just like Rocky, and Rocky refuses. Like this is the chance of a lifetime. Don't let it slip you by. <laughs> that's I a pretty re- good. That's a pretty good journey. I mean, I've seen this movie plenty of times. It's yeah. just like I, I, I like that character, and it's, I'm always sad when he never comes back. All right. Time. I'm spoiling a lot. I apologize, that's but okay. I'm spoiling uh, that he doesn't come back. That, so I don't know if that's right. really a spoiler. It's the absence of all a spoiler. Right. So what? Uh, what other ones you got? Uh, okay, oh, it was definitely something that uh, we didn't touch on earlier. We talked. We certainly talked about the scene with Mickey and Rocky in his apartment. Yeah, you know, that, it's a great scene. Why does Rocky have a change of heart? Do you think he's just yelling at Mickey? Mickey walks away, thinking, "Well, I that's it." And then Rocky comes running out. And kind of puts his arm around him, and, and so I think we don't hear what he says. You don't hear what he says. I don't think it's a business decision. I think Rock has always been looking for mix um, approval, approval. Yeah. Thank you, approval. And so he, well, he wanted to, you know, zing Mick a little bit. In the end, he he really did want Mick's approval, and he wanted him in his corner. So I think that's why he has the change of heart. Is that while he was hurt. That he got put on Skid Row and he wanted to try and stick it to Mick. Now that Mick finally noticed him, <laughs> because he had something of value, right? I, I think it's it's an emotional that he he had always been seeking Mick's approval, and that's why he changes his heart. Yeah, yeah. I go back and forth between that kind of an idea and like part of me thinks it's more about like Mickey's like giving him the hard sales, like this is why you need a manager and all this stuff. Manager, not working at all, and then all Mickey has to do is say. He gets very vulnerable. He's like, I'm 70 whatever years old, and I, I just and I, I just feel like Rocky kind of sees Mickey as someone... I mean, I have two minds about it. Part of me thinks, yes, you're right. Part of me also thinks it's Rocky seeing that, oh, Mickey needs this opportunity just as badly as me, and he's I a guy who that, yeah. is just as kind of lost and broken down as me. You know, I hadn't he, thought about that. That's um, a good approach. I think or he, an interesting I, idea. So, so I feel like something about that moment, yeah, there's like some kind of simpatico between the two of them. I can um, see that, yeah. Yeah, I've just I've never been sure, and obviously the movie doesn't. You don't hear what he says to Mick, and the movie doesn't want you to hear. It's one of those things where it wants to leave it up to your imagination. Fill it, fill it in yourself. I just feel like it's one of those things. Not to pick on John Adelson too much, I, I don't think he's a great director. I mean, he wanted to direct Karate Kid and those movies, so it's like <laughs> this is the biggest thing he ever did, and then Karate Kid, and then nothing else really. But uh, I feel like there is a missing shot. Like we need a shot of Rocky softening. Like we need to see him change his mind. Right, he's just angry, angry, angry. Cut to outside. He's coming, and he puts his arm around Mickey's shoulder. It's like, whoa! That, when did that happen? Why yeah. did that happen? Like, I just feel like one shot is missing from that scene. So that's probably fair. My last one is actually a quick one. So you've got a fight, and this could have been even maybe a little detail, but you've got a fight that you got. Hey, it looks like a giant flag. You've got the stars and stripes inside the ring that they're in. Yeah, no national anthem. Ah, uh, yeah. The national anthem, and I, I went back to make sure it's like, oh well, maybe you know, there's a, a cut. We, no, they they show them, you know, that they're 
You know what's funny? I'm thinking through the series now, and the only national anthem you ever get is the Soviet national anthem in Rocky IV. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it. So I just, I, mainly because you've got... You're uh, living in America from James Brown. Living in America. <laughs> that's, the, oh, that's the equivalent of the national anthem in Rocky IV. Um, but yeah, wow, so we really you, get into James Brown there. You got, thank you. You got 1970, the bicentennial. The whole thing is about oh, America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, no national anthem. You get the the sea to shining sea. What's that? Is it America God the bless Beautiful? America? No, or it's, America the it's Beautiful. It's America the Beautiful. All right. So I, I actually, for this, I went and looked up to make sure. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe this is like some relatively new patriotic thing that occurred in the 80s or something. I went back and looked. No, it dates back to like the actually World War II and like yeah. the 40s, and baseball is actually where it really got its start. Well, that's the thing that definitely does not happen in other countries. Like America is really the only place where they do we do uh, national or yeah national anthems before sporting events. Yeah. Well, the Olympics. Well, it's funny is because actually in the boxing episode of The Simpsons, they make a joke about it. <laughs> right, that's right. Due to popular demand, we shall forego our national anthem. Yeah. What is that song? It's not America the Beautiful. Oh, that, that's, what, that's what plays when... That's the Marine Corps. Um, is it? Yeah. That's what's playing when Apollo comes to the is ring really? as George Washington. Yeah, no, that, that's like the, the, the... I don't know if it's the fight song, but that, that's the Marine Corps of, from the shores of... You're right. Shores of Tripoli. Yeah. I, I don't know the name of the song or all the lyrics, but that's definitely the Marines. I'm 95% sure that's what's playing. No, you're, pro- you're probably right. I mean, so he's playing, what, they, he's like, playing we, George we, Washington crossing, you know, right. the Delaware, so he's storming the beaches. Yeah, I've never noticed. They never play the national anthem. Yeah. So that was, I mean, they're not going to spend, you know, whatever, 45 seconds. No, in you a, know, a movie but what I'm saying to, is that they don't even have, like, a lead into it and then cut away. I'm just, I'm surprised that the national anthem's not there. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's true. So never we'll, never even realized. Yeah, what are your last two? Uh, actually, one of them we already covered, so I only have oh, okay. one left. Uh, and that is, this is the stupidest thing to leave for last. I would have planned this better if I'd known. <laughs> that guy in the dock that Rocky's collecting from. That he does not want to get punched in the face. No, not the face. That's right. What is that thing he's driving? I just don't know much about dock work and I, like. I thought it was a forklift. No, it's, uh, is it a forklift? I didn't see any forks on it. It's just like it looks like a thing. It looks like the kind of thing where they would hook baggage carts onto at the airport. Oh yeah, but that would. It's like be. a weird little cart, and I I've never understood what uh, it is. I in my mind because it's a dock and it has all of everything else is a forklift. Yeah, meaning the cage because I had to drive a forklift at a couple of retailers I worked at when I was younger. I just I jumped to the conclusion that it was a forklift. I didn't even notice there aren't any forks on the front. I wonder if it's a forklift that they took the forks off for, for safety like, or something, or like because it was in the way, like for cinematic reasons. I've just never understood what that. It, the only reason why I ask is because it's I've. It reminds me of the episode in Seinfeld where George is trying to get away from the oh, old people in the little on the scooter. rascal on the rascal scooter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, the same thing happens here. He tries to get away in it, and it's like Rocky's running three times as fast as this thing is moving. <laughs> he abandons it very quickly. I do like at first Rocky's got like a broken piece of a pallet or something. He yeah, chucks, he it, chucks at him it first, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I can just run after him." And something about the sound that that thing makes is just like. <laughs> as he's getting away. You're right, That's a good analogy. He's like George on the rascal. Um, I've just always wondered what that was. and I, I'm sure it's something. I don't, I don't doubt that that's like a thing that you might find in a real dock, but I've just never understood uh, what it was for. So I, I assumed it was a forklift. That's, that's my best explanation. It probably is, and it's just they did something to it. or Maybe the forks are small, and I never noticed that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just always wondered that. So uh, here, on. Yeah, here we go. This yeah. is your section. All right, it's Silk Cozart Memorial Internet Research Corner. Here we go. <laughs> Both of y'all. Yes, y'all. Uh, so here's what I was curious about for Rocky. I mean, obviously, like, 
there's very little about the movie itself that I'm not familiar with. Uh, yes. So what I did is, because this is going to be probably the only Best Picture winner we cover, although we will see, but the fact that there are seven Rocky movies made me wonder, is Rocky the only Best Picture winner to be that a part of a series that long? Oh, that big. That's a good question. So if you had to guess, is there ever been a Best Picture winner that either had as many sequels or just in general were, were one of a series as long as the Rocky series. Mm, so you got three Godfathers. Yep. Uh, I've got every single Best Picture winner that had either sequels or was a sequel itself. Seven. <coughs> there's, there's just not that many series that are that long. So you've got the Lord of the Rings movies. Well, usually big long series don't win Oscars. Yeah, it's like generally. James Bond isn't going to win an Oscar. Star no. Wars isn't going to win an Oscar. Right. So that, that's so I, in Lord of the Rings, and I don't know if you're including The Hobbit, uh, that would be my best guess of the only other one that has the chance. Because I know um, not The Two Towers, which is actually the one that I like the most. It was The Return of the King, I think, one best picture. Yes, it did. So that would be my only guess of one that might be a series that's longer. It's not quite. I mean, that's your one and two. Rocky is the only Best Picture winner to have six sequels, okay. seven total. But yeah, there are six movies in the Lord of the Rings Hobbit series. Oh yeah, series. The, the Hobbit, there, there's three of those and three yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's right, so there's only six. Only six. Yeah. So there are 13 movies. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to see which movies either had sequels. They're pretty rare. So out of the 90 Best Picture winners, only 13 were part of a series. That's uh, more than I would have guessed, actually. Uh, well, a lot of these are, like, old. So <laughs> 1929... <laughs> There's a movie called Broadway Melody, and I think if I had to guess, it only won because it had sound. Because that <laughs> was right. 1929 was when sound was yeah. invented in movies. It's just like it's sound. Oh my god, give it's, it the, the this Oscar. is the best picture. It had three sequels called Broadway Melody of 1936, Broadway Melody of 1938, and Broadway Melody of 1940. It would have been perfect if that last one they just did something <laughs> right, totally different. Broadway Melody strikes again. <laughs> I do like years in the titles of movies. Like the airport movies do that. I, th- I think movies should do that more. That just, it just fun. makes it easier so you know when it yeah. came out. Airport 77. Okay, I know exactly what year that came out. <laughs> okay, 1936 Best Picture went to The Great Ziegfeld. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Two sequels, Ziegfeld Girl and Ziegfeld Follies. <laughs> I think I want to see Follies. I do too, actually. Just <laughs> I, I have no idea if those were comedies or... Maybe it was a serious movie that became comedy. Yeah. It's like some of these series kind of go off the rails. Where it's like first movie wins the Oscar, and it's like ooh. I what? mean, some people would say Rocky, the Rocky franchise did that, but uh, I do not say that. Okay, Miss Miniv- Mrs. Miniver, nineteen forty-two, had its one sequel, The Miniver Story. Okay, don't know it either. Going My Way, nineteen forty-four. Nope. Had a sequel called The Bells of Saint Mary's. Oh. The Bells of St. Mary's is a, actually a movie that my mom really likes. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it was a sequel to an Oscar winner. I did not know that. But did not itself win an Oscar. So I did not know it was a sequel either. That's yeah. interesting. 1946 was a sequel. But then we get into like the modern. So like those, I had never heard of any of those. So yeah. we're getting into like modern era, era now. So it's a right. 23-year gap until the next one. 1967, In the Heat of the Night. Oh, yeah. Apparently had two sequels, which I never knew. Didn't know that either. They're called, they call me Mr. Tibbs, which seems kind of like, that, j- just take the quote and make it the title of the next movie. Yeah, and that, that movie I do know. Oh, you've seen They Call Me Mr. Tibbs? Or I, you just know it? I, I only know that line from the movie. But that line was in the first movie. That line was it in was? the heat of the night, yeah. 
<laughs> they oh, took man. the famous quote from In the Heat of the Night and called the, and called the sequel that. I don't remember that at all. That's perfect. <laughs> no, I've seen In the Heat of the Night, and that's, okay. he says it in that. I, okay. I've never seen They Call Me Mr. Tibbs. I didn't even know it existed. It seems so callous of just like, you know that famous quote in the movie? Like, they called Jaws 2, We Need a Bigger Boat. It would be like making the next Dirty Harry. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Make my day. Well, at least that would make more sense for Dirty Harry, because Dirty Harry sequels are named so terribly you can never remember what they're called, as we <laughs> learned earlier. Yes. Okay, 1971, The French Connection. Had a sequel, 1975, The French Connection 2. Yes. Well, I didn't know that had a sequel until a couple years ago. Oh, really? French- I've never seen it, but I knew it existed. Like, French Connection 2 was on Netflix. I was like, what? And I, just, I immediately watched it. It's not bad. Oh. It's actually it's not as good as The French Connection, but it's actually okay. All right, 1972, The Godfather, yeah. which obviously had two sequels. 1973, The Sting had yes. a sequel. The Sting oh, 2. The Sting 2, it is not good. It didn't look good. Nobody from The Sting is in it. It was made like four, uh, 83, so 10 years later. Yep. Godfather Part 2 in 1974. Yep. So that's, again, we already mentioned it. 76 is Rocky. Seven movies total. 1983, Terms of Endearment had a sequel. What? <laughs> no. I was like, what? I was doing this research going like, well, how, when did this happen? 1996, 13 years later, sequel called The Evening Star. Seriously? Yeah. Apparently it bombed. <laughs> I was reading about it. I mean, if that was a uh, a quiz show question, I mean, I if it was on Jeopardy, if if there was a sequel, I would bet everything I had and I would be incredulous I know. and be like saying, no, that's not possible. That's the thing. Like These movies that we've listed, like The French Connection, The Godfather, The Sting, it's like, yeah, that makes sense that that would have a sequel. <laughs> In terms of endearment, <laughs> the fact that that got approved all the way through the right. process. Who, and 13 years later, 13 who's years clamoring later. for more? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think Jack Nicholson is in it, right? Or have you seen that movie, Terms of Endearment? I think so. Some, some of the... I've never seen it, but... Uh, I, it, a couple of actors from Terms of Endearment come back from what I was reading. And then 1991, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, it, yeah. It's easy to forget. How I, many sequels? Silence of no, the Lambs. No, hold on. I bet you I can do it. So you had uh, Hannibal, mm-hmm. which was a sequel. Yep. You had, now I don't know, do you count the prequels of Red Dragon? Uh, I did. All right. Hannibal Rising. Yep. So am I missing one? Is there another one? That's all of them. Okay, yeah. Oh, you know what I forgot? I, so in thinking through, I would have forgot because I forgot. That Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture, and they won Best Actor and Best Actress. Yeah, it it won a ton, and it's great. I still enjoy it. I actually forgot about Silence of the Lambs and those sequels. I forgot their sequels. In hindsight, it's weird to think that a movie like Silence of the Lambs would win Best Picture because it's such a kind of a schlocky thriller in a lot of ways. It's just really, like, you know, I I really enjoy. Well, I think it's Silence. I think it's great. I just think that generally those types of movies don't win Best don't win. Picture. You're right. That's what's surprising. No, but that so. Basically, the Rocky series is the longest-running series that has an Oscar, a Best Picture winner in it, then Lord of the Rings, and then tie for third is Silence of the Lambs and whatever Follies. Broad, no, Broadway Melody, pardon me. <laughs> Follies. That was not the Follies. Yes. So anyway, I didn't know what to do with this one. I figured I'll just... No, that's, that was interesting, especially that I've now learned that Terms of Endearment has a sequel. Yeah, if nothing else, we learned that. But yeah. uh, Oscar winners with sequels or that were a sequel. More than you'd think. Yeah, it is more than I would think. We went to the body count? Yep. I, I lied and I, I said I oh, put together. I was so excited. I thought we were going to have it. I'll just do, I can just sing one. It's body count time. But All right. But that's, we had a great idea. Yeah, I just never got around to doing it. All right. Well, hopefully for the next season. Yeah, for next season. I mean, there's no body count in this movie. So, this yeah, is so not it's the, easy. It's not the one to use it for. Yeah. So just very quickly, he was at 199 after the last episode. He's still at 199. 
uh, across 10 movies. So it's 19.9 bodies per, per movie now. It's falling, falling, falling. He's under 20 now. It's, uh, it's going to be a horse race very soon. To remind everyone, Arnold, his body count per movie is 14.76. Stolen had a head start, but he's losing it quick. He, very quickly. All right. Wrecking Crew Award. Yep. This was easy. Wrecking Crew Award. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have him for next time. Fair look, enough. Look, it's not like I'm, you know... I don't have any time on my hands these days. <laughs> I have no excuse, but whatever. I was lazy. All right. So what? Uh, what? What award do you give this? I can't give it to anybody but Stallone, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. Uh, You're gonna give it to no. To- so I have it typed up here. I it's Rocky, but I got to tell you, every ounce of me wanted to give it to Apollo, Apollo Creed. Creed. Yeah, yes. it's, I think there will be opportunities later to give it to Apollo Creed. I probably will take take up those opportunities to give it to Apollo Creed. I think in this movie, like we talked about, I think he's mostly there for exposition. You don't really get his point of view so much or get to know him so much. What little you get of him is great. I mean, I, I smile so much him coming to the ring in that George Washington oh, outfit. such a showman. Yeah. I mean, I'd pay to see. I'd pay to see Apollo Creed fight. I mean, the fact is, he tops it in Rocky Four. So it's like one of those things. Uh, you that know. Rocky Four is one of the best moments in cinema history. It, I mean, for fun, for fun, it is just so fun. It's the Rocky franchise, but the volume turned up to 150. So yes. it's, it's like that's why I've seen it 150 times. Coincidentally, fair enough. Um, you know, I think I think this award is mostly like, okay, which actor or or actress is really bringing it, and what, who's having the most impact, and just the fact that Stallone willed this movie into being he wrote it he you know hustled to get it made they were offering up a ton of money to sell it and he he took less money to have the opportunity to star in it i forget the people they were going to cast like the studio wanted to cast paul newman and stuff like that and said yeah we'll we'll pay you a, a ton of money just sell it to us and let us do what we want and he's like no nah, i'm 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 know, gonna make it i'm gonna do it yeah i, I want to star in it and he stuck to his guns when he had no money like the story butkus his dog he had to like Give him away to a friend because he couldn't afford to take care of it. That's how poor he was. Oh wow! And in that situation, to stick to his guns and be like, "I'm starring in this, and I'll I'll take my chances." That, that's one hell of a risk. So, Stallone, for all sorts of reasons, I think he's good in this movie. I mean, Rocky is his iconic role, and he's always he's always good as Rocky. Yeah. I don't think he's ever given a bad performance in a Rocky movie, even when the movie is maybe not as good. <laughs> There's um, plenty of opportunities for that. Yeah, but uh, so Stallone, we agree, Stallone, uh, at the whole heart. I. Deep down, I wanted to give it to Apollo Creed, but I can't. I couldn't. Okay. So are we rating the movie next? Yeah, rate this, it. This one I have. Hey, hey, what the hell are you doing? You're punching car accident victims. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad-mouthing my film. I can't bad-mouth this one. Yeah, it's easy for me. Yeah, it, it's, it's a rock. Or it's an Apollo Creed. It's, I would give it, if there's any level above Apollo Creed, I would give it to it. It's one of those things where I kind of regret giving stuff like Copland and Apollo Creed, because like, now I can know where to go. <laughs> Rocky is not not, a, not the same quality as Copland. Like Rocky is one of the greatest movies ever made, had a huge cultural impact. You know all the iconic th- scenes in this, from the steps to the you know punching the meat, like all these things that have just entered pop culture. Yeah, Drink, drinking the eggs. We never talked about that. We didn't because it's so disgusting to me that I don't want to. <laughs> My only thought was. Uh, I was oh. I was imagining a scene where <laughs> my kid stopped retching. <laughs> I, I brought up the eggs 15 seconds ago. You're still retching over there. So disgusting. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. Well, it's like, what's the benefit of that? It's like, there's no benefit. It's, it's, 
I would ra- speaking of Paul Newman, I would rather see somebody eat fifty eggs that have been cooked. Those are cooked, that. yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just, just you know, there's that scene where they're like Mac Lee Green, he broke his hand, he can't fight. I was just imagining another scene where they're like Rocky Balboa got salmonella, <laughs> he can't fight. <laughs> Balboa's out because he drank five <laughs> eggs. Why did he? Why did he drink five eggs? Yeah. What did this guy do that for? What kind of guy is this? Why would he do this? It's not explained in the movie. Even it's never explained. He just drinks five eggs and goes for a run. It's like why? Why did he do that? <laughs> It's like that that's every boxer's routine. Is it just Ew. to wake himself up, you think? It's just like, I this is so disgusting that this is the only foolproof way to get up in the morning at 4 a.m. and going for a run. Oh. I also love at 4 a.m. We never talked to There's so many details. Like We could keep going for another hour. we got to stop. But <laughs> the, the radio host who just, to be cruel, just calling people at 4 a.m. It's like, well, I'm up. You know that guy? Yes. I think as he's preparing the eggs on the radio, you hear a guy like, I'm up at 4 a.m., so I'm going to call people because they need to be up too. <laughs> what a jerk. Why would you call me at this hour? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's the first shock jock that's just being a jerk. I looked up to see if that guy was real, and he's not. They recorded that for the movie. I was oh. like, is this a real thing that a real guy in Philadelphia used to do? That would be great. That was just made up for the movie. But uh, Yeah, so uh, I can understand your concern, though, is that, you know, to have a cert, a special level for an uh, an Oscar winner, I get, but it with our ranking system, it's Apollo Creed. He's Apollo Creed in Rocky One. Copland is Apollo Creed in Rocky Two. Okay, and Rocky is Apollo Creed in Rocky One. For using enough. our scale, Fair enough. of course, Rocky, you know, Apollo Creed wins this fight, so he's the ultimate uh, champ. Yes, he is. He can't be topped until later. <laughs> Spoiler. All right. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about uh, the next episode. So uh, we're going to be on a short break. Yes. And we're figuring out what those break episodes are going to look like. Yeah. I don't know. We're probably not going to do a recap like we used to do. At least not in the middle of the season. No. I think uh, what we'd rather do is when we get to the 12th episode, if we're going to do a recap, that would be the point. So these will be probably just something fun that we come up with. and Yeah. Got some ideas. Yeah. Give ourselves a a couple of extra weeks. But yeah. We don't know what the next episode will be yet, but... uh, It'll be a very short break now. It's you know, maybe a couple episodes, and then we'll be back uh, to talk about a new movie, another uh, Stallone movie, pretty soon. So uh, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, make sure to keep uh, keep track of us at Arms Race Podcast for when we do come up with what our great idea for our breaks are going to be. Oh. <laughs> I love how you sneak in. It's a great idea when we come up with our great idea. Hey, what? <laughs> you do that subliminally sometimes. I've noticed that. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> you know. Our amazing podcast. Can I just build us up a little bit? I mean, are, what, are you going to accuse me of being Trumpian over here? I think we should let the people decide whether our idea is great or not. We don't even, we don't even have the idea yet, so how can you... You can't vouch for this idea. You don't even know what it'll be. I don't need this abuse from you right now. <laughs> yes, you do. You can't sneak that in. I'm not going to let you slip those past me anymore. <laughs> Whatever. Bye, everybody. We'll be back with something. <laughs> Take it back. Do 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 do. Take it back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take it back. Do 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 do. Take it back. Well, I've been told by. Do 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 do. Take it back. And they all say to take it back. Do 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 do. Take it back like before. I don't call this a reason. I just call it believing in myself. Take it back.